Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You are now listening to the Cast, the number one old school RuneScape podcast featuring guests from all across Gellinor. To support this podcast, visit the Patreon link in the description. All right, welcome to the Save A Cast number 109 with Coxie. Coxie, I am very excited to talk to you today. How are you doing this fine morning? I am very excited as well. It has been a long time coming. Um, it really it is, has. It has. We, I know we've talked about it before in the past, but I, I'm glad it's finally coming through, you know? Yeah, it felt like there was certain... This is, I actually have a few different guests that I feel this way about. It's like... I want to get the guest on when it's like prime time, like when it's like the best time for them. That's how I kind of felt about Fat Clouds. Like, I want, Are you I, saying this is my prime time? <laughs> is that what you're saying here? I'm just saying it feels like a new chapter. It just feels like refresh of Coxie where, you know, maybe there's been some past things, but and very trivial, by the way, I should mention. But um, it just feels like you have like a fresh slate and it feels like I can get you on and it's like you know what your plan is for the next couple of years. I don't know. It just feels like you're not in a, a little rut. And I I, yeah. I mentioned the same thing about Fat Clouds. Like I wanted to get Fat Clouds on, but when I wanted him to be on, I could visually tell he was just getting burnt. And this is before he did like his whole like quit streaming thing. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I can kind of just sense like maybe this isn't the right time to get somebody on. Or sometimes I'll wait for somebody to get partnered or just like something exciting. So... I figured, yeah, today is probably like a good time to get you on. So I'm yeah, no, that makes sense. It. I yeah. definitely agree with you. I feel like a new chapter has started. Um, I am finally enjoying playing the game again. I have a sense of direction when it comes to streaming. It's fantastic. I've uninstalled Valorant, which is great <laughs> for my mental health. And uh, I'm enjoying it. I mean, w dude, the feeling of waking up and actually like wanting to log on and play RuneScape is amazing. I know. Well, I know it's amazing because I used to live that every single day. I've I've personally been in my own burnout phase for the past like four months. I'm I'm now just seeing the light. You know, I'm starting to like really enjoy logging in again. But man, that was it. Really sucks when you're a content creator and you're just not absolutely enjoying yourself. You know what I mean? 
yeah it's it's hard and i feel like not a lot of people talk about that specifically yeah it's tough and the runescape section particularly particularly is just brutal because this is a game that you're supposed it almost feels like you're obligated to play this game only Uh as a content creator and it's it seemed fine like initially for most people it seems totally fine like oh i'm never gonna get bored of this game but then when the burnout starts occurring you're like oh fuck (laughs) like what do i do yeah no especially during like dry periods of content yeah um it it definitely does not make it easy which is why i I don't know i just feel like the the meta of recreating new accounts was so strong for so long because everyone was just so bored of in-game a hundred percent and even the people that like me for example i've always been really dedicated to one account like that doesn't even last you know even if you were really trying to focus on like just one account and not trying to just create a bunch of different hardcores or whatever the meta is um i don't know i feel like it's almost inevitable for a creator to just kind of reevaluate. Um, yeah you're crazy for that you you actually are like a one account first have you when's the last time you created another account like in alt or anything <laughs> well i made a leagues three account but i mean i played that okay. account for three days and i got so bored i was just like this is not for me leagues is not for me <laughs> you played Fortnite for three days bro xp rates everything is so free in that <laughs> You should try. I, I mean, well, no, you shouldn't. You're dedicated to one account. Stay dedicated to one account. But yeah. restarting early game, I don't. It's like you're tapping back into your childhood. I can't explain what it is, especially coming from a person who. I mean, I only. I when I started streaming, we'll, we'll probably get to this topic. But I started streaming like only end game PVM, and for the longest time, I never touched anything early game. I was always like anti Iron Man. But some of the most fun I had was either creating alts or creating Iron Man in like the first couple weeks. Dude, maybe I really should. Like, I've kind of had that feeling, like, of making a new account. But there's this there's this side of me that I always think, and I think, uh, you know, it, what what do I enjoy in this game? I love Clue Scrolls. I love PVM. I love just most of the game. But Clue Scrolls really have been my focus. And uh, if I made a new account and it was Clue Scroll related, I would feel so bad if I ever got anything rare on it because I would feel like, that should have gone uh, to my main account you know what i mean yeah there's that and then there's also just questing like and i know we have quest helper and stuff but it's just like that early grind of repeating stuff i think the idea of it is so much worse than actually doing it because like what you said it's like reliving the magic that truly was the most fun i've had in this game is building a new account i think you're spot on i think the idea sounds worse but once you get into it it's even better and they just buffed the shit out of xp rewards Dude, oh, if you're yeah. if you're creating an iron dude, I'm not kidding. Creating an Iron Man right now, just questing and like only questing, you can get 70 herb, which can just like fucking catapult you straight into um <laughs> Song of the Elves. It's it's so free. The the XP rewards that they get uh, increased for us are nuts. On the um the account that I'm playing right now, I, I basically went from uh, like zero to 70 agility or like obviously it wasn't zero it was like 40 yeah. but um i went from like 40 to 70 agility with only having 100 to 200 laps ran oh it was my mostly God. just all class rewards yeah it, it's it's crazy now that i still don't know why they nice. buffed it i don't know why they buffed it but it it definitely does help with the the new i guess uh, account creation to be honest um them buffing it i was actually a big fan of even though it literally had no effect on my own account because i just had no intention of making a new account it just feels good though completing a quest and actually being rewarded for once because it never felt like that it literally just felt like a chore that i have to get out of the way for 
yep. some other thing. But yeah, genuinely getting rewarded is amazing. So I yeah. I think that's actually kind of cool. Oh, now if I were to make a new account, now that they've announced what the three skill pitches are, I would almost want to wait for the new skill to come out and then make like a fresh account. So I'm yeah, I don't know, I kind of it... implement the new skill with my early level Iron Man experience, uh -huh. you know, if it's sailing or something. What By the way, what are your thoughts on the uh new skill pitches? What do you what do you think about them? Okay, so I got some heat for for saying this. I swear on my life, I am not brown nosing. I'm not kissing up at all. I like all three of them. I think all three have potential and mm -hmm. could uh, genuinely have like a good impact on the game. I've been team sailing since like the first fucking sailing pitch. I'm okay with sailing. I like it. I like this new improvised one. I think sailing out of the three is probably the skill that has the most potential to introduce new content. Um, it, it's going to be like the easiest stepping stone into new content, in my opinion, or new areas. Uh, obviously, I still don't know to this day if Zaya was a success. Some of the stuff in Zaya is a success, but Zaya was just so big on releasing clunky. Yeah. But it, it, sailing would be such an easy way to introduce like new islands or uh, continents, stuff like that. So I like sailing, um, taming. Taming, I feel like Elena, Elena's the person who, who uh, pitched Taming. I don't know if she worked on it, but she definitely pitched it. Uh, she, she made it like very clear to not compare it to summoning. But the whole time she was explaining it, I, I saw a lot of similarities with summoning. I don't know if she made it a very clear point to not compare it to summoning, just to not scare people off. Because, you, you know, in the past, uh, old school players, they hear anything that relates to RS3 and they're going to scream no and they're going to vote no. <laughs> So I feel like as like the J mod, she probably felt the need to sit like give it its distance from the yeah. RS3 skill summoning. But I do think taming has overlap with summoning. And I think familiars, even though alts are such a big place in this game, I still think familiars are okay, especially since we got thralls. Thralls was such like a brain dead way to give us familiars, right? It's just mm -hmm. you cast it and it's what is it, 0.7 DPS. You, it is just free DPS mm -hmm. basically anywhere. I think having familiars, like especially with niche um, niche impacts on different bosses, would be really cool. The other part of taming, I don't want to get into because I'm scared that they're going to add like fucking fifty new pets with taming, and they're going to be like pointless pets. I don't. I'm not like the biggest fan of that part, but specifically with like familiars in general, I think it would be cool. Taming probably is my least out of the three favorite. Mm -hmm. I think shamanism definitely needs a new name. Maybe just like witchcraft. But mm. shamanism sounds sick. Shamanism sounds like a great way to kind of give us an herblore update. Maybe this, maybe shamanism is finally going to be what we need to have in the game for us to get overloads. I think the game's ready for overloads also. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think overloads is going to give way to harder bosses. In, in the future and i really hope that jmods take advantage of that if they give us overloads I, I hope they genuinely like create something that's difficult even with overloads mm -hmm. so shamanism sounds cool the way mod light pitched it if i hadn't ever played osrs and like the jmods pitched every other skill i probably would think that it's in the game already yeah right like having no knowledge about osrs if she pitched that and like all the other skills were pitched i'd be like yeah okay this i mean that that sounds like a skill and an old school runescape so I, i'm definitely on board of shamanism but i'm at the point where i'm okay with any yeah that's sort of how i feel uh i 
think so i initially was leaning on taming and i think the idea of taming just sounded cool because I think in my head, I was expanding on taming beyond what Jmods had even brought up. So I was like creating a skill in my mind that probably wouldn't even be implemented in the first place. So my whole idea of uh, taming is sort of like a fantasy in my mind of <clears throat> I want it to kind of be like Pokemon. <laughs> but like the more uh-huh. the more criticism I've gotten on that, it's just like, just play Pokemon. Like, this is RuneScape. And I, I have to remember that. It's like, at the end of the day, it is RuneScape. But I was just thinking, like, man, how cool would it be if you got, like, these new familiars or whatever, and they have their own 99s that you need to train. And, like, I don't know. I just thought it would be pretty cool. And then being able to, like, duel your own, like, monsters against other people. But really, when I really think about it, I'm like, okay, if this was actually in the game, this would be so foreign. Like, this is such a foreign concept to this game. It would be weird. So, yeah. the more I've thought about it, I'm like, okay, shamanism, 100% agree with you, needs a different name. I was thinking either, like, spirit or mystic or... Spirit would be good. Somebody brought spirit. up voodoo as well. I was like, voodoo sounds kind of... Witchcraft sounds good, too, to be honest. That sounds more like medieval, which... yeah. Yeah. Shamanism just didn't do it for me. I, like it when she first said shamanism, I almost like laughed a little bit. I was like, <laughs> "What?" Like, yeah. but then when I heard the pitch, I was like, "Okay, all right, this is good, good, good. I like it." Yeah, but, I mean, even if they wanted to stick with shamanism, like, or if they wanted to stick with that same exact theme, just call it shaman. I feel like I know shaman makes even less sense, but at least it's just short. It's just like, yeah, shaman. I don't know, shamanism is just like what? Like, what are we even? What is yeah. this? Um, no, it, it, it kind of confuses me. Yeah, I'm I'm totally cool with shaman coming into the game, shamanism coming into the game. Um, and to be honest, I think I've actually started leaning most towards sailing. And I think the reason is is because it would be so cool for them to actually make an entire graphic and just updated design of the water in this game. Because, like, yep. you look at, I mean, I'm, I'm standing on a redwood tree right now. I can see the water. It literally looks like blue carpet. Like, there's just nothing. <laughs> there, there's nothing going on whatsoever. So, and I was just thinking, man, even if they were to choose one of the other skills that isn't sailing, I still would want them to almost, like, redesign how the water looks. Just so in the future, if sailing were to be released, we're already excited about it. Because they've made some graphical improvements that's like, oh, shit, like, what's out there, you know? All right, so Sebe only cares about having oceans in RuneScape. Got it. <laughs> I, want, I mean, sailing really sounds cool. Shamanism scares me a little bit as it's currently proposed because of all the, like, auras and just yeah. untradeable attachments that would add to everything, which is cool in a way, but it's like... It just feels convoluted. It feels like there's just going to be too much to keep track of. Like, you're going to log in after being burnt out for six months when shamans introduced in the game and it's just like what is going on like there's just i'm scared of that but i I agree with that but think okay so think back to when you first started playing runescape was there any skill that confused you you were just like this is overwhelming there's too much i I don't know what to do hunter 100 percent. hunter was so confusing yeah mine mine was like hunter and farming i remember i did trade farming for so long it's like i don't know what i need i don't know what i should be planting i don't know where these things are i don't know if i need to actually be going dude i remember when i first started playing i would go back with the watering can and every 15 minutes i would re-water it because i thought that was like part of the skill like if you didn't water your plants every 15 minutes they'd die so i thinking about like i definitely got confused from some of the skills i know shamanism has a lot in it 
and it could be kind of confusing or overwhelming at first but i i think it, once it's in the game once we all got used to it it would uh it would fill its niche and fit it fit into its place yeah now you're you're uh you're right on that in fact yeah farming i that took that took until i was literally an iron man to figure out farming <laughs> it was so fucking confusing just like yeah. I, I just didn't it nothing made sense about it and i would just refuse to look up and i felt like the wiki had like barely any data on it either it, like it imagined you were already very i don't know experienced with it but um yeah. sorry what were you gonna say I was just, I was gonna say there's just too much to plant, right? Yeah. Like, there's trees, there's allotments, there's herbs, there's there's there was just everything. I just remember being so overwhelmed looking at it like I don't know what to do. Oh, and I used to think that like if the plants grew successfully, you had to pick them at a certain time or else they would die, like in real life, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you can't just have like a plant like sitting there for six months, AFK. Like I don't know. I just it felt like yeah. I it, everything was like on a time crunch, but it really wasn't. You um, set an alarm clock on like real world time for an herb, like 90 minutes. Yeah. If, you, if you don't get it between 90 minutes and 110 minutes, it's going to die. Yeah. No, that's literally what it felt like. You're totally right, no. though. Farming and hunter were just Good super days. confusing. Yeah. Taming is probably like the one I'm leaning less on because it just doesn't, it's, it's just not going to feel like old school. And what do they do about pets? You know, like if, if taming really were to come out, I'm not even scared that taming is going to come out because all the Twitter polls that I've seen, just like the casual ones that aren't like official or anything, it looks like shamanism is going to win. Yeah. Reddit even seems to be on shamanism side, which is insane. I know. I was actually very surprised on that. I don't, I don't know what, what happened. Cause you had said sailing has like, you've always kind of been team sailing. I feel like yeah. I have too. Like I've always wanted. I don't know where that whole meme came from. Where everyone just hates sailing. I have feels, no idea. I know it's like why? Why this is like? I don't know. It feels natural to come out sailing in old school. I don't know. Did you play R three at all? No, I've never played it, and I feel uh, bad about it because I I feel like I okay. should know more. Well, not that sailing would have anything to do with ports, but I actually kind of enjoyed ports in RS3. Mm. Um, sailing would not be anything close. Ports was literally just uh, like an activity you go check once a day. And um, it was it was literally just a daily, but ports was fun. Do you like actually sail or do you just no, check you, your boat you like, or whatever? Yeah, you like uh, set off ships to go sail, but you yourself mm. don't actually. Now, are you cool with those three skills that they've pitched to be like the three we choose from or did you have any other skills in mind prior that you would have liked to see um, no i didn't i am not that creative <laughs> people ask me all the time like what would what would be like your ideal skill or what do you want to see come in the game i honestly have no idea i didn't want them to do anything with combat related because that would scare me i feel like it, I don't know. That just scares me, the thought of them trying to add a new combat skill. So I was mm. very anti that when I saw that on the poll. I kind of wanted a new gatherer skill, but then I was trying to think what gathering skill like would fit, like what, what would fit, and I couldn't think of anything. Yeah, there was a few ideas. I don't know if you had heard of Mastery. Um, Mastery was like an improved version of Artisan. Because, like, Artisan, I had always been like, this is the stupidest idea. This is literally just Slayer for skilling. And it's just going to make you feel like you're forced to do every piece of content in the game whenever you're told to, you know? Yeah. Um, Mastery made it really cool where it was like, you get the same XP rates. And the, it, it was like, 
you get to choose the method you enjoy the most and you are going to get the uh, EHP rates for it, it seemed like. Like, you get assigned a task and even if it's a really shitty task, those XP rates are now buffed to a point where you're getting max XP rates and you get to do different skilling methods in a way. It was really interesting and then the rewards were like phenomenal. They were like, there were just really cool rewards that actually made sense and were very powerful but not like game-breaking in any way. It was... I'm going to make a little ramble on it in uh, probably in a week or so because, like, it was just such a cool idea. I know it's not going to get pulled into the game probably because one of these three is definitely... I, I just can't see it being like, oh, n the community doesn't want any of these three. I, I'm I'm certain one yeah. of these will pass, but... Sounds interesting. Yeah, it, it felt pretty old school, although I know people... I don't know. It, it's, like, impossible to please everybody. At this point, I'm just like, just bring out a skill... Literally know. impossible. Yeah, just just bring it out. We'll we'll find a way to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every community blames other communities as well of being like bias, right? <laughs> Trying to push their own updates into the game. Yeah. <laughs> but people just fail to see that even the casual communities try to push their updates in the game. HLC tries to push theirs. Skillers, PVMers. Ev I mean, everyone wants to see their ideal update come in the game, and I feel like that kind of spawned with the sense that we we get a vote on stuff that comes in the game so because we've always had that everyone is just so passionate about what they want and um i don't know i guess it's not a bad thing at the end of the day but yeah I everyone think... does like point fingers on who who the bad community is <laughs> who are the whiners or who who are the agenda pushers yeah that's actually very accurate uh okay so I want to kind of switch topics a little bit and talk about your new series that you've started, which is uh, going for like world fastest all pets account. So uh, it's first. Woo. Yeah. So I want to I want to hear like what what made you decide on doing that? Because you do already have a main with all pets. And that's been the case for pff, I don't know even how long, like years. So February of 2020. Jesus, so, man. Yeah, is that crazy? Been... Over three years now. It's three years and what's that? Like um, one month, two months, something yeah. like that? It's been a while. Man, 2020. See, I knew it was around like the beginning of the year. Yeah. But 2020, that, that's crazy to think that's three years ago. So, yeah, tell us the story, I guess, of why you decided to do it all again. Yeah. Sorry, I was drinking the coffee. <laughs> you good? Uh, okay, so... Oh gosh, where do we even start? Okay, let's start from the very beginning. Okay. Discord call with uh, a person by the name of Tricky Ricky and Yonix. Um, now, at the time, I was seshing TOA. Uh, TOA was out, and I was seshing it on my main account for the pet. I've So I finished all pets at 45 pets. There's currently 52 in the game. So for the last seven pets, obviously, I, I log in the main and I get them on release. Um, TOA was, was one of those. So the team that I was sessioning TOA with, I was talking about, God, like, what the hell am I supposed to do after this pet? I have no idea what to do. I'm not really enjoying Iron Man anymore. Um, Valorant's too hard for me. These fucking 14-year-olds are way too good at the game. Okay, I'm just getting bullied by squeakers. So that's not fun. And I was like, I just don't know what to do. And it was actually, uh, it was Tricky Ricky who, he he's also finished all pets. He's, I don't think he's playing the game right now or anymore. But um, he was the one that first told me, he's like, you know what? 
you should run it back, but you should just do like cracked methods, like just crazy shit that no one has ever seen before. Just abuse the hell out of alts, transfer like all your GP over and just go for like an insane, like all pet speed run, but like as fast as you can. And I remember when he said that, I literally just replied, shut the fuck up, dude. Why would you ever say that? Because I thought it was just so outlandish. I was like, why Why would I want to do that again? Because pet hunting, uh, I'm going to give some people some insight. Um, most pet hunters hate pet hunting, if that's not obvious. We, we love it. We love the sense of pet hunting, but there's always hurdles, right? Yeah. Um, not every pet hunter likes every pet. Um, I would actually say it's quite the opposite. Most pet hunters despise a lot of the pets and we just find them boring and want them to get over with. And the hardest part of pet hunting is that pet that you might despise, let's say it's squirrel and you fucking hate penguin course because penguin course sucks even at 99. And the, the pet rate is like 140 hours, I think. What happens if you go three times rate and then you're you're sitting at like 400 hours at penguin course, a place that you literally despise? Like, that's the hard part about pet hunting that's why i initially responded like dude shut up don't ever say that um bloodhound you can also if the game decides they don't want to give you all pets you're going to go 5000 kc on bloodhound i mean that can happen yep. it's happened to people or omelet i like to call them like blocker pets pets that are so rare that if you do end up going like four to five times rate you're probably just never going to get it that's the scary thing about pet hunting. I didn't have to deal with that on Malfoy. I got lucky and Malfoy's my main. I didn't have to deal with that. I got lucky enough to go either on rate or just slightly above or below rate on those. Um, but yeah, this new account, new RNG, it could happen to me. Um, now, I decided to initially go with it after telling him no, just because of the sense that we were talking about earlier with like content creation and not really having any goals or kind of feeling in a rut, like you don't have any motivation to play the game. Mm -hmm. The more I sat on it, I, I didn't really realize that I was gonna do it until probably two weeks after we had that conversation where I just sat on it, I thought about it, I tossed and turned at night thinking about like what I was gonna do and kind of how I could plan out this account. And um, yeah, it, it, it started, it's here now. I'm enjoying it so much. I'm glad I did it. It's helped my channel out. And that's kind of how it how it began, I guess. So you already have a few pets on it already. And you just started it very recently. So what are the three pets that you already have? I what, do. What was you're the a, luck on it? <laughs> you're a day late, Seve. I got my fourth pet yesterday. Oh, really? Oh, shit. Yes. Sir, okay, this I is a did. surprise to me. So Okay, so tell us the first one uh, up to the fourth. All it. right, so first one um, is Rocky Pet. I wanted to get a quick pet out of the way. Uh, Rocky Stalls is only 25 hours to hit the rate, uh, so it's nice and easy. I got myself some uh, Barrow's Gloves first, and then I seshed out Rocky. Uh, it's 3 mil XP from Relica Stalls on rate. Uh, wait, no, it's 1.5 mil. Sorry, 1.5 mm -hmm. mil XP from the Stalls on rate. I ended up going 4.5 mil XP. I actually went triple rate Sheesh. of my first pet which is like 92 percentile. So I, I definitely got unlucky on that one, but it's such a quick pet, 25 hours. I spent 75 hours there. That's not that big of a deal. My second pet, I spooned an insane amount. Um, I got Phoenix on 82 fire making, <laughs> which <laughs> thankfully so I know um, they actually, Jagex unintendedly nerfed Phoenix pretty hard. 
they removed one of the Winter Todd worlds, and the the meta of getting Phoenix was there was four Winter Todd worlds. It was hopping between the Winter Todd worlds to eliminate the downtime between games. Um, so now with only three worlds, it's less likely that the worlds are going to be in cycle mm, to give you like yeah. the optimal hop time. So uh, Phoenix actually just saw like a twenty hour kind of nerf to the the rate, or I guess buff because it's increased. But yeah, Phoenix is now longer, so I'm glad I got that early. Um, third pet was Soul Wars, which I got on two gambles. Yeah, I saw that. I was I was freaking out watching that clip. I'm like, there's yeah. no fucking way. <laughs> I I was just like, I, I just, real, first of all, you'd never expect to get an early pet as yeah. a pet hunter. Um, but I was just like, whatever. I'm still trying to figure this method out. I'm just going to send these two gambles I have, see what happens. And <laughs> we ended up getting it. And then the fourth pet yesterday was my first boss pet I ever did um, on this well first boss pet on this account that i actually grinded for mm -hmm. um and i did vedion i oh, wanted shit. to take it yeah i got vedion i want to take advantage of the good gp per hour right now while mm -hmm. blade prices are still kind of high they've actually dropped a lot my first four blades i sold for like 50 to 52 now they're down to like 37 which kind of sucks but um i want to take advantage of the uh gp while it's still high right now it's like six mil an hour i think and um this is funny someone in my chat actually said this and it made me realize how true it is the xp combat xp per hour at Vedion is cracked because really? you have a salve amulet which is 20 percent in the wilderness um or sorry salve amulet, which is 20 percent against dead monsters and then you have wildy weapons which wildy weapons also have an insane buff dude i'm not kidding i was getting like anywhere between 80 to 95k strength xp an hour depending on how many PKers. So it was like a better version of NMZ. It was a profitable NMZ. I got a pet. I got a passive, a champion scroll, which I needed for Music Cape. Mm -hmm. And my master uh, my master clue KC is already up to 100 KC. And I've only done one boss pet. So Jesus. I've made like a ton of progress with a lot of stuff. I'm very happy that I decided for that to be my first boss pet to go for um, as it kind of impacted and, and helped a lot of different areas of that account. So what are the next pets that you're going for? Are you going to stick to the wilderness for right now? Or was Vedion like the only one you were really looking at? Um, so Spindle is better GP per hour than Vedion right now. I definitely want to go back to Spindle, but I think I'm going to step out of the wilderness for now, just for a little bit and go back to Slayer. Um, I, I want to, I want to slay for a little bit just because now I have gear. I, I think my bank is up to like 1.8 bill. Um, the account that I'm playing is also from scratch, so I'm not allowing myself to transfer any GP over. Everything has been made from the account, which is adding another layer of uh, difficulty, but also enjoyment for me. I think it genuinely would have taken away from the enjoyment if I just transferred my entire bank from my main account over and had like max gear from the start. Um, it's it's added a, another fun layer to the account. So I'm up to like 1.7, 1.8 bill bank right now. And I kind of want to like go slay because I have a lot of alts and um, I want to I want to do some crazy shit at Kraken and I want to do some crazy shit at like Sire and Cerberus. Um, so I'm probably going to do that for just a little bit and then I'll go back to Spindle. I would say late April, I'll probably be back at Spindle trying to get one of the wilderness bosses again. That's cool. I, I have to say, by the way, I'm very excited for your series mainly because I loved watching you on... Malfoy 
and just doing those like crazy God Wars methods. I think those, I think that's what really excited me about like main pet hunting. Iron Man pet hunting is boring as hell to watch generally because it's yeah. just everything solo. But uh, I'm very excited. What So you've already had all pets before on Malfoy. So what are the ones just based on your experiences that you're just absolutely not looking forward to? Like the pet grinds that you're just like, oh my God, this is going to suck. Yeah, unfortunately, there are those, and I will be honest with you. I There are some that I do not like. Um, most of the skilling pets... Actually, okay, let me, let me clarify. I just... So you, motherfucker, taught me uh, gems from your video. <laughs> I, I think I told you this in stream. Yeah. But I actually really like the new uh, three-tick gem mining method. It's good. It's it's enjoyable. I, something about like the satisfaction of like how high of a success rate you have mm-hmm. from uh, from gyms. So it's just like you you go through cycles where you literally don't miss a single gym rock the entire time. It, it's just like a very fluid, consistent rhythm, and I don't. It does something to my brain that my brain likes. So yeah. I'm kind of excited for gyms, but like um, uh, squirrel definitely is. Uh, no one likes penguin course ever. Oh, when you, just, and you like, have to do penguin course, right? Like there's, there's no exception to that. Like it's such a big time save, right? Like you couldn't, oh, you couldn't insane. justify doing sepulcher, right? It's like, so it's, it's like 140 hours versus like 300 plus it's oh, sep God. is over double. But so what I was thinking is, um, penguin course has an insanely high fail rate at, at my level. I tried going there just for like an hour to test it at 77 and I'm not kidding you. Every single lap I was doing, I was losing like 60 HP. So really, I, I, Jesus. yeah, it's really, I, well, I mean, even at 99, it has a fail rate, like a mm. decent fail rate. So, um, I need to figure out when I'm actually going to go to penguin course. I am going to do a SEP until I find like a comfortable level and then start doing penguin. Mm. So what I was thinking, I might do SEP to like, because floor five of SEP is really what makes it fun. So yeah. I might do SEP until like 95 and then do 95 to 99 at Penguin. That also gives me floor five is what, 92 or is it 93? Do you remember? Uh, 92, I believe. 92. So it gives me three levels to take advantage of elite clues, potentially make GP, and also just have like three levels of like big enjoyment. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I was thinking about Agility Pet. I hope I spoon it. I don't plan on it because it's not even close to the rate. Yeah. But agility is one of those that I, I really don't look forward to. Um, every mini game pet, sorry to the J mods who made these mini games, but every mini game pet minus BA, I, um, I, 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 let's be honest, they're fucking boring. Um, they're they're okay to train your skills, but to do them for hundreds of hours to get an RNG pet, like no one actually wants to do like a hundred hours of Guardians of the Rift and. Tempo Ross, even though Firefighter Tempo Ross method, I'll admit it is at least somewhat more interesting. But um, most of the minigame pets and the skilling pets, 1.5 Tiktiques was fun. I'm like kind of okay with that. But um, I hope the skilling pets as well. I just don't go too overrated on. Mm-hmm. I, the PVMing part is fun. Places that I can like abuse alts and, and uh, do kind of like really interesting new methods is what I'm really looking forward to in this series. So, what are your thoughts on Omelet? I can't remember if you enjoyed that pet or not. Do you like doing uh, and, and what is, what is the meta anyway for getting Omelet? Is it solos or is it just like some crazy so, scales? Yeah, 
I really enjoyed Omelette on Malfoy because all I did was solos, regular solos. Um, on this account, I don't think I'm going to do regular solos. The meta for points per hour is definitely going to be scales, like 3 plus 12s. Um, there are some people, uh, I know I, I talked to uh, Check Wiki. If you're familiar with him, he's in Obliv. He's like, he does scaled cocks all the time. A uh, very knowledgeable man about it. And um, I'm probably going to get into scales, but with 3 plus 12s, there's also an insane skill gap. Like, there's a lot of like micro, like niche things that you can do to speed them up. So I kind of want to learn that. I, I'm like getting down to the point where you're supposed to be BGSing specific mystics, like specific colored mystics. <laughs> In uh, in mega skills, no, I'm talking like these these dudes have it down to a science. Oh my so god! So I'm probably going to try to learn skills um, and 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 do them with people who are willing to get good at them with me. And then also, uh, dude, the CMers CMers are in the lab all the time on how to improvise CMs. CM fives have actually gotten to the point where CM fives like over 100k points per hour. I think. Don't quote me on that. But um, CM5s for points per hour is actually decent. And I really enjoy CM5s. So what I'm going to do for Omelette on this account is probably a mix of CM5s and um, and scales like 3 plus 12s. That's cool. I feel like yeah. doing CMs throughout it all. Okay, wait. So is are dusts included in your goal or is it just pet? Like how do dusts work when it comes to like pets? Yeah, so dusts definitely are not going to be included. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like stop the stopwatch um, only when I get all transmogs plus all pets. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the timer, I'm saying timer. I'm actually not running a full blown timer for two years, but the <laughs> I will consider the all pets completed when I have the all pets log and the collection log finished. I see. Um, dusts are kind of, transmogs are kind of just like extra credit. I, mean, I have all transmogs on my main. It's something that most pet hunters do. They get all pets, then they go get all transmogs. But um, I'm not going to consider it on this account. It might be something that I do after. It's like just bonus content. Some of the transmogs I'll get along the way, uh, like CMs, I'll definitely be doing those because points per hour are good. Uh, the meta for a top pet is actually hard mode top fives, believe it or not. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. So I will definitely be doing Harmo Top 5s when I have a team of five people. I'll only be doing that. I'll be doing um, regular fours as well. So if we have four people, I'll do regs. If we have five people, I'll do Harmo Top. The only uh, restraint or the, the, the only like requirement for Harmo Top 5s to be the best for Zigpet is you kind of need to not have any any wipe rate. So the mm. team's got to be pretty good, pretty consistent. You, okay. can't, uh, you can't be wiping on Verzik or... Or it definitely will not be better. So what? Uh, and I'm curious because you brought up hard mode tobs. Is hard mode tobs more profitable than regulars? Because isn't the Avernic like the second most expensive item now there? And that's like, be at honest, a lower yeah. drop rate. Yeah, I, I so I don't know the numbers, but I would not be shocked if regular co- or regular tob was better. Just because, uh, dude, Avernic has been ever since TOA. Avernic has been like between eighty to hundred mil. Yeah. It's actually insane. Yeah, that's nuts. And um, bro, have you seen the price of Scythe? Scythe is like four fifty. Yeah. So keep in mind, I only play Iron Man, so that is uh, low, correct? Like I'm just like I'm just wondering, no. or is that high? And Scythe is like up eighty <laughs> mil within the last month. Okay. Scythe, Scythe like was uh, bouncing around like three fifty, like Holy. to three seventy five forever, and all of a sudden it just dropped, up, it jumped up to four fifty because of um, I actually didn't even see this poll. But uh, the pull for unlimited side charges. 
Have you oh, have you read yeah. about it? I've yeah, only been told mentioned. about it from my chat. So supposedly that made Scythe jump almost 100 mil. So top right now is actually really profitable. With Scythe being that much and Avernic being as common as it is, um, I think Avernic's sitting around like just 80. Uh, I want to get to top early on this account because top is a big moneymaker right now. Top's back up to like 5 mil plus an hour, baby. Let's go. Damn. We've not had 5 mil an hour at top in a, forever. Top has been sitting at like the depressing 3 to 4 mil an hour for so long. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for it to to get back to its golden days. Okay, I want to I want to hear from you because I feel like you would know uh, this. So what what is the most profitable rate? I'm assuming it's TOA. Is that correct? TOA by a mile. It's like 20 mil an hour right now. It's gross. Are you even serious? with the prices is down? Yeah, I'm dead serious. Even with the prices down as much as they are, TOA is still around 20 mil an hour. And that's 400, 400. Yeah, is it like 420s or is it just 400s flat? That that gp per hour was priced on uh 400s flat but a lot of teams wow. run like 425s or 415s that's nuts you, 20 million yeah i mean so staff is 1.4 ish yeah i saw that high. that's ridiculous yeah um and uh i mean fang's down fang used to be the biggest money maker for toa but now fang kind of lost a lot of its value mm -hmm. which is another conversation that <laughs> we can have i fang is way too common for how good of an item yeah. it is i wish it wasn't but um yeah T toa is still sitting between uh right like right around 20 mil an hour if you're doing fast-paced four man 400s what's efficient chambers gp per hour and what's the method is it cm5 actually i i don't know enough about cox okay. to tell you what would be like gp per hour it's the surprising how people? expensive a Tebow still is. Like that thing is just like one. Isn't it like one point three or something? Yeah, I I actually just bought one uh, yesterday. One point three eight, I think, is what I bought it for. Jesus, um, that's nuts. Okay, I bought a Tebow for one of my alts. I'm uh, I, I was gonna knock out Chaos Elemental Pet really quick, and I have a little Tebow army alongside my main account that just has a little firing squad it's actually really fun um <laughs> despite the fact that chaos ellie is a, an awful boss that just constantly hits you 20s through prayer yep, yep um it's fun to bring three tebos there in a main account with a web weaver because web weaver just shreds it oh yeah i bet i but, gotta um, get that bow by the way i have i literally haven't even touched the new wilderness stuff i completed the wilderness on my iron man and then like all this new stuff came out and i'm just like too boomer to like just go out and regrind a bunch of stuff it feels like even though they're Wait, completely you, different bosses now you you have mace right like you, you yeah have i have everything completed, like old will completed yeah good so start with vedion absolutely okay. is that the way to do it yep start with vedion uh get the skull from vedion upgrade your chain mace and you're going to use the chain mace for uh spindle as well okay and then for rdo some people do melee it. i feel like most people range it you'll probably just use regular cross okay but um interesting and how, wait how many isn't spindle's attachment isn't spindle's attachment the upgrade for webweaver dude i don't I even remember. know i haven't even I, I've, <laughs> okay. I've forgotten all this like i remember reading the blogs and stuff but i just never went out there to actually experience it so it's like all just jumping. yeah i can't remember either and i also haven't been to spindle yet but if it is that would be the best like case scenario right because you get you go to vedon you get skull you get your upgraded mace you use your mace at spindle you get webweaver attachment and then you add webweaver or yeah you add webweaver attachment to your crossbow and then you go to Ardio, callisto mm -hmm. one um and then that's the best there so if okay. that is actually how it works that would be 
very nice. Now, do you know where the Void Waker is? That's what it's called, right? That new sword. I just call it Crossy, right? but yeah, yeah. Crossy. That's what I I was calling it with uh, the PKer uh, Dino and West Ham when I had them on. I was like, I don't even know what it's called. Like, I couldn't even remember what it was called back then. I just kept calling it Karasi. So, is that a necessary PVM upgrade just in general? Like, is that something you should go for if you like? I don't know. Are there are there places where it's like actually good to go get that so you can grind out other bosses and use it for a spec weapon? A hundred and twenty fucking percent. And um, not to throw any shade on the J mods, but one part of a Q&A, someone asked that specific question. They're like, do you see any use uh, in PVM for Void Waker? And their answer was not much, which was shocking because it's best in slot at a lot of bosses. Really? Um, yeah, it, it is very, very important. If you do a lot of different types of PVM, it is insane. And, um, well, let, let's talk about, I'll, I'll add my, my extra part later after. But, um, so Void Waker is, the, the part that makes it really good is it's uh, consistent damage. Like when it hits, it hits a number. It can't noodle like claws. Mm. Um, so it, it's always it's always hitting something, which is why I feel like it is so powerful. Um, it's best in slot at all God Wars, minus Arma, of course, because you can't melee Arma. Uh, it's best in slot at Nightmare. It's best in slot at Calphite. Um, I'd have to look at an entire boss list, but I mean that that alone right there is is a good amount. Oh, you use it in um, people have been starting to bring it for CMs for Vanguards. It's very good for Vanguards. Uh, you bring it to TOA for uh, Kefri. Uh, duo Tobbers are starting to bring it and Duo Tob instead oh of uh, a claw switch. Yeah, it, it's it's actually like becoming a fucking universal item where you're bringing everywhere. That thing is basically always going to be better than claws unless the monster has like, I would, I mean, I'm I'm just guessing right now, but anything under 80 defense. I would say if it's anything over 80 defense, Void Waker is probably going to out, uh, outbeat claws. That's crazy. Then, Holy shit. Yeah. So for, and then for my sake, what I was going to say at the beginning, but I wanted to have it be like a post comment. Um, for alting specifically, Karasi plays an insane role because one part of alting and like being a good alter is limiting how many snipes you have, right? How many alt, you don't want to like have alt snipes or you're going to run into your alt getting a pet like mm. mine did at Bandos, uh, for example. <laughs> we got to talk about that, by the way. I know it's old, yeah. old, old news, but it was still funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can. But um, so Karasi lowers that uh, threshold of you ever getting a, a kill sniped because it because of the consistent damage, right? In the past, when you're when your claws noodle zero zero, um, that that leaves the door open for snipes. So basically, okay. nowadays it's it's almost impossible to even have alt snipes at places uh, like KQ or God Wars, just because you're gonna be spec transferring. You're gonna have like at least two crossy specs to kill. So you're gonna have that. I mean, that alone is already what is that? Like anywhere between fifty to one hundred and forty damage guaranteed just Sheesh. in those two hits. So it it's very powerful. Not only is it universal and it's used a lot of bosses, it's very big for alting. Um, if you ever do alt yourself, even if it's just like a simple one plus two or one plus one, uh, that, that should be your spec weapon of choice. Mm. Unless you're at a place like Callisto, like Callisto is such like Callisto's paper. So like that, I, I will be using claws over hundred percent, mm. but any boss that has defense, that thing shines very bright. That's cool. 
Yeah, I got to get one. God damn it. It's it's good, dude. You'll like it. So uh, I want to just briefly touch on that whole Bandos experience because there's got to be people that are listening to this that don't know what we're talking about. But uh, can you tell that story back when you were a main hunting pets for the first time or trying to get all pets for the first time? Oh, gosh. Yeah. So my worst fear came true. Um, that 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 pop-up notification bright red text that you get saying you have a funny feeling like you're being followed and then you're like oh wait this is not the right client fuck (laughs) um i was at bandos and at the time my alt sniped the pet my main was around 5000 kc it was right around the drop rate which is why it hurt even more um and Gringotts got it. I think he only had like 20 snipes at the time, which 5,000 kills in the main and only 20 snipes in the alt. I wasn't like too upset about. Obviously, it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, e- even when you have downgraded gear and you're not praying rigor and you're not potted, sometimes your weapons just pop off. Nowadays, it, it is easier to track it because we have stuff like DPS counter. Mm-hmm. Like if, if all your accounts are in the same party, it'll show your DPS, which, well... That was a plugin back in the day, but it was only on cheat clients. Um, but it, it wasn't on main rune light. So sniping, if you're playing on main rune light, was something that was going to happen. And um, yeah, Gringotts decided to uh, pull a really early pet, sub 50 KC Bandos pet on a snipe from my main. And then my main went on to go 19,000 7 KC. I am still the driest Bandos pet in the entire game right now. That is um, so crazy. Yeah. I, I feel like I got punished for that snipe because then it went, it was 15,000 KC more that I went until I got the pet on my main. Jesus. But speaking of driest Bandos pet, there's a guy who's 30,000 Bandos KC right now. He does not have pet. So once he gets it, he will overtake he will my, uh, yeah, he'll overtake my driest Bandos pet in the game. I was going to say, like, so 19,000 is still absolutely fucking ridiculous. I mean, that's just so many kills. But yeah. then you think it, that's not even four times the rate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and just the potential. Because, like, I saw, I remember when Hydra first came out and I went on Reddit and there was a UIM that it took him like 9,700 or like 10,000 kills to get his claw on a UIM. I'm like, like what that's the gross. fuck, dude? And the yeah. worst part is, is, like, you're a UIM, so for a normal account or a normal Ironman, you would have just profited absolute bank. But for a UIM, you're basically leaving most of the loot on the ground, you know what I mean? So uh-huh. that just sounded so brutal. But, yeah, like, you see that. I mean, who knows how much longer that guy's going to go, the guy that's, like, 30,000 bandos right now? Because uh-huh. it could be 40,000, 50,000. Like, I don't know what, like, the actual cap... What What is, like, the theoretical just, like... I know you can go on forever, technically, but, like, I feel yeah. like there's a point... I think it's around, like, 12, 13x rate where it's just, like, okay, this is getting into just wacko territory. Yeah, so 10 times rate is already, like, statistically insane. Yeah. Um. I, I don't... If I had R open, I'd be able to calc it really quick. But um, it, 10 times rate is probably close to one in a million. Um, it's something that we won't see many times throughout playing this entire game on anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would say anything over six times rate, I mean, anything over six times rate, you're already at like 99.9. Yeah. So anything after that is just like dummy rare. <laughs> you just, you, you pray that you're not the person that goes drier than that. So is there actual uh is there like a record of the person that went the 
driest on a pet just rate wise not like i don't know i guess like ratio wise you know what i mean like how many, yeah, how many times I, over so the rate the driest pet we've ever seen actually i'm just gonna look it up because i okay. want yeah, yeah, to, yeah. i, I want to be sure on it um if i remember correctly it's chaos ellie and it is 10 times rate is the driest pet that we've ever seen in pet cord okay oh all time I'm telling you, 10 times rate is like gross. Yeah, number. yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. The The driest I ever went on any um, like thing that, any significant item, because we're, we're probably going crazy dry on just random items that we don't even think about um, mm -hmm. just naturally. But yeah. in Unsired, I went 871 Jeez. dry for a unsired Jeez. and it was it was brutal i was just like I, I thought i thought my game broke like i literally thought there was an update that made it impossible to get unsired i was literally That's, becoming delusional yeah. about it you know that is literally the thing like if you take that rarity right there and you just put that rarity on someone getting bloodhound pet which someone in the game is going to like be that unlucky on bloodhound pet you just got to hope that person's not a pet hunter mm -hmm. like that that person would never get all pets if they had that rarity set on bloodhound and um i found it so the okay. driest pet ever recorded um was by a guy named baylor swift no idea who he is but um <laughs> he uh chaos it was on a chaos elemental pet which is a one in 300 rate and he got it on 3213. Oh my god. So almost 11 times rate, which is the driest pet we've ever seen in the entire game in uh in pet cord. Thank Christ it was Chaos Elemental, one of the easiest pets ever to get. I know, right? Well, I I guess it makes sense though because so many people go for that pet. Like nobody's even yeah. close to, you know, uh, I mean besides Casey that went like six times rate on Bloodhound, but like you just don't see those super super long hour pets even being grinded no. that much so mm -mm. Wow. It, it, you're right like it, it's it's fitting that it's that because also you have to think about most people wouldn't ever finish exactly if it was a long pet and and that account let's just destiny doesn't so destiny isn't a thing when we're talking about pet rates because they're mm -hmm. they're random and they don't care about the past but um if someone was destined to go 11 times rate on bandos, they probably would just never see that pet. They'd probably just give up before. So that's <laughs> yeah. also why the, the rarest one we've ever seen is on Chaos Ellie. Yeah, that makes total sense. I remember just spamming that old school bot, you know, where you like roll your RNG over and over, like uh, plus corp, yeah, 10, 000, plus kill 10,000 corp or whatever you do. Um, anyway, I, I was typing like plus finish corp and just to see what my rate would be and i remember just spamming it over and over and there was a point where i got an ellie and it was forty-four thousand kills for my first ellie nah i'm like bruh like yeah. can you imagine how incredibly depressing because i'm still missing an ellie on my account that's actually the last thing i'm missing at corp and i just imagine yeah. I'm like dude if i had to do another forty thousand kills like uh -huh. what the hell like that is that is dirty. Yeah. That is stupid. This is, uh, this is like, it's just a memory of mine. No shade at all. Mm -hmm. But when Curtis got his Ellie, I felt like at the time, people thought it was like the biggest accomplishment oh, anyone's man. ever done. And then you go and realize he's only like 1.5 times rate. <laughs> and and, the, <laughs> and the, the, the nuttiest thing was he was actually lucky on full corp completion. Like, yeah, he was actually lucky on it because I think uh, when you just count the entire log, it's like the average is one in seven thousand, or sorry, not yep. one in seven thousand, but it's like an average of seven thousand kills. 
Yeah. And he literally got it early. And people were like, oh, my God, he's the greatest of all time. Like, he went so dry. <laughs> I'm like, what? I know. Because I, I, was, I was, like, deep into pet hunting at that point, right? That was yeah. – how long ago was that? That was probably, like, 2018, 2019. I can't even remember. But I remember I was pet hunting on Malfoy. And I remember just how big that was that he finally <laughs> got it. And I remember looking at the rate, and I was like, oh, he's, like, 1.5 times rate. People were like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. He's the best <laughs> Iron Man. And I was just like, just imagine if that guy got four times unlucky – on uh on on there he i mean he would still fucking be oh, there oh yeah well maybe oh, yeah. not but that's that's another reason why iron man's not for me dude i i, I only yeah. had the chance to get unlucky on a pet you guys every single drop from every boss you have that likelihood of going unlucky on yep so. it's ridiculous corp is just totally brutal so i need to ask you this even though i already know the answer i feel like do you think that old school uh, or do you think it would be appropriate for old school to have a mechanic where you eventually hit a point where you just are given the pet? Fuck no. Okay, Fuck good. no. no. <laughs> that is that is what makes pet hunting like miserable, but like in a good way. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that the hard part about pet hunting is that uh, just not knowing when you're going to get the pet right you're you're doing a god wars boss let's say you're doing sarah and you're 6000 kc and then one of your friends reminds you hey i just want to let you know yeah you're 6000 sarah kc and you spent 150 hours here but you're no closer to the pet than you were when you were zero kc <laughs> like yep. that's just the like mentally torturing part of pet hunting that makes it great i am so against pet thresholds which is what like they're called in rs3 i think yeah um where where after you go a certain rate you start to get a better increase or uh or sorry once once you go a certain kc you get a better rate at the pet i i do not like that i think that that takes away from pet hunting and it, it's gonna i don't it, i want pet hunting to say the way it is i want I, I i don't want it to change to try to please the the, the hyper casuals and I'm, i don't use hyper casual in like a offensive way just like people who play the game casually mm-hmm. i don't want them to change pet hunting to cater to the casual people who potentially can't spend a month on one pet but like how i think of it is if you are a casual player and you go for pet hunting like you just have to be ready for that you have to be aware that that can potentially happen and you could spend months at a place and you're not going to get a better rate if you go double the drop rate you just got to keep grinding yep yeah, I, I ask that mainly because I've actually had it brought up in certain save casts. I'm not going to, I wouldn't even be able to remember which ones they were brought up in. But some people do advocate for that. They they kind of want that. And so it's good to hear somebody that actually pet hunts and has achieved all pets saying how much yeah. they wouldn't want it. So it's always good to hear somebody else's side of it because I feel like whenever that discussions brought up people are like kind of like oh like that would be fine or something but it's good to hear a hard no on that i mean if you ask me that same question and i'm 5000 kc for bloodhound <laughs> and i don't have it i'm answering fucking yes <laughs> give me better rates but no yeah. I, overall completely unbiased on whether i'm dry or not dry i do not think we should have that i think we should leave pet hunting the way it is um don't yeah. give us sympathy rates um I'm going to call it sympathy rates because it makes me feel better about it because that's what it is. Um, I I think it should just stay the way it is. All right. The Duck Chris asks, now that you've done it for a few years, how do you feel about your journey through what you might call an alternative life path to the one you might have uh, 
to the one you might have had. What? That you might have, though, you'd... Okay, I'm literally struggling to read this right now. Basically, he's asking... I don't, I, don't, I don't know that last part. I think it's a little bit grammatically incorrect. But he's trying to say, how do you feel now about your journey of having lived an alternative path that most people don't take, which is like content creation and streaming? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. That is a... Uh, oof, that's a loaded one. Um, okay, so... At the start, I started streaming when I was a senior in undergrad. Um, I was finishing up two majors. I was finishing up a Bachelor of Science in Math and another one in Statistics. So my schedule was already pretty packed. Um, and I started streaming. It was actually my junior year summer going into senior year. I just started for fun. Didn't think anything of it. I actually started... Um, <laughs> Fun fact, uh, a super old Twitch chatter named KPS. Are you familiar with the name? Uh, yes, I think. Yeah, he, I mean, I'm familiar with the name. But yeah. He's really, really like old school. He he was a chatter in a lot of different streams. He's okay. kind of a nuisance. Um, <laughs> he, he, was a, he was a special chatter, all right? Um, okay. I, I So believe it or not, I actually started streaming because he was going for Inferno Cape. And um, at the time, I had like probably 20KC. Well, I'm talking like back in 2018, this was. 2018, um, I had, maybe not 20. I probably had like 10KC. And uh, he was asking for tips. And I was like, oh, I'll just chuck this. I'll chuck a stream on and uh, I'll show you some things that I've learned throughout, throughout my Inferno KC. And that was like the very first stream I did. I think I had like five viewers at the time. And I didn't really ever think I was going to pursue streaming. Kind of my goal in life was always just uh, uh, school education. I was going to go back for a master's or a PhD if I if I wanted to stay longer in statistics and either do like consulting work or just do general like uh, like statistics work in in an area that I found interesting. Um, st like statisticians kind of work in all different areas. A lot of them work in like insurance, um, like especially life insurance. Um, they work for like car companies, work for environmental companies, uh, pharmaceutical companies have a, all pharmaceutical companies have teams of statisticians that work for them. So the the door was kind of open on where I wanted to work, depending on what I was most interested in for that. And that's kind of what I thought I was always going to do mm. until... I started getting to the point where I was like 30 to 40 to 50 viewers. And I was like, Ooh, wait, I'm kind of getting close to partner number. And this is like by the end of junior year undergrad, right before senior year started. And, um, at that point I was kind of like, I want to keep trying this, see where it takes me. I still finished my undergrad. Um, this was also at the time I was finishing up both of these. I just started a relationship and, um, and I was trying to stream for like 20 to 25 hours a week. And that was a lot, dude. I remember for probably senior, like all this new year, I think I got like between four to five hours of sleep a night. Um, There's no way I got more than five a night. It was bad. Oh I was miserable God. the whole year. But um, I, I got through it. And then after senior year, so I knew about halfway through senior year that I was going to at least take one year off and try streaming. Um, and it since then has gone well my family is so like kind of like how what do i think about it now that i'm living the lifestyle 
some days I genuinely would say like I regret it that I'll be completely honest. There's sometimes that like, you know, being a content creator is hard. It's not always mm -hmm. just easy, but that comes with every job. Yeah. And for the people who are listening, I don't want to be that person who's saying being a streamer is hard. I'm not saying being a streamer is hard by any means. I'm just saying there are difficult parts of yeah. every job. Um, and there are definitely some times where I've thought, what if I just went back to school when I was supposed to? And at this point, I'd be out. I'd be out of grad school and I'd ha have like an actual normal job. But I don't know where that I don't know if I'd be happy doing that. I've always said I've always said like. Like streaming, like I couldn't have gotten luckier with playing RuneScape for a living and streaming because I literally get to do what I did growing up and all throughout high school and college. But now, like if I get paid to do it, I can support myself and pay my bills. So mm -hmm. how do I feel about it now? I wouldn't say I regret it. I really, I wouldn't say I regret it at all. I actually, I, I'm very grateful. I'm, I'm happy with where I am right now, especially now that I actually have motivation and goals for the future for like the next like year or two. Yeah. But um, I would be lying if I said that there wasn't parts of me who th constantly think about oh, how everything would have turned out if I did continue grad school and then yep. got like a, a job after that. It's so tough to say, too, because like if you had never experienced this whole streaming lifestyle, I feel like the opposite. If you had stuck with school, I feel like that would always be eating you up with the regret oh. of why didn't I do what I really wanted to do, which was streaming. Dude, a hundred percent. I knew for a fact, I know that I tried telling my parents this as well. Um, I tried to tell my parents, like, if I don't pursue this, like, I'm going to think the rest of my life, like what, what could have came from this if I didn't take it on? Because mm -hmm. I got, I ended up getting partnered before I graduated senior year. And it was at that point that I was like, I really want to like, just try putting my all into this and seeing where it can take me. And uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad I did it. Yeah, my uh, parents were not on board at first. My parents were not on board at first. Whose at parents all. are ever on board at first? They they think you're okay. psychotic. They thought yeah. I was psychotic. <laughs> oh, okay, good. So we're all in the same boat because mine are definitely older. They're like 50, 60 now, so they mm -hmm. grew up in a way different generation. Um, my mom went to school for biology, and uh, she works in in big pharma which mm. fuck big pharma I'm not a fan <laughs> of them i don't think anyone should be a fan of them but i'm grateful that she worked there and um was able to raise me like the way she did yeah and my dad um my dad went to uh law school so oh, a shit. biologist and a dad who went to law school so they're both like sticklers yeah. absolutely they, they were very hard on education um they wanted me to kind of grow up with that normal lifestyle of you go to college, you get your education, and then you go to grad school if it's if it fits your your goals, and you get more education, and then you work a corporate job. So it was a big shock to them at first, uh, moving over to this lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But I think my mom's came around. My dad, the lawyer, still is not. He really does not know what I do. I, I, I jokingly told him at the start because I was I was a piece of shit in college and in high school. I was a piece of shit. But um, and now, to be fair, but in college, I told him what I was doing for a job because I used to work for uh, Uber and Lyft. Okay. And um, I, I told him I stopped that. And uh, I told him that I was an online male entertainer as a job. <laughs> 
<laughs> the first time ever. And I kid you not, his face. We also grew up Catholic. So he's like, not only is he strict and stubborn about education, but he's like really religious. His face was the most priceless face I've ever seen. I've never seen my dad make that type of face. Like his jaw hit the floor. Like I couldn't tell if he was getting up to like try to ground me, even though I was in college or to like just hit me in my fucking face. He looked so like a mix of shocked and pissed. And it was the best thing I think I've ever done. I like, oh, I still think about that instance when I told him that I was starting streaming and I explained it like that for the first time. Oh my God. Unfortunately, so that I didn't get my ass beat, I had to instantly quickly explain what I was talking about. But mm-hmm. that is, um, they, they're, they're coming around. He, he still struggles to understand exactly what it is, but my mom is uh, definitely supporting me. That's which is good. good. That's good. Uh, it, yeah, I bet that weighs more on you than it, it probably affects other streamers. For example, just like just the way you were raised with those high expectations of, you're almost in ingrained in this like sense of I need to be more successful than I am. And I feel like that's like constant pressure. Maybe that's put on you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's crazy. Uh, my, it's weird that you said that because like my parents, I feel like are the opposite. Like both of my parents support me. They still worry, you know, because they think it's, they think I, th- I think in my own mind, I think what they're thinking is that this comes to an end eventually. And yeah. that I have no where to turn afterward. I think that's the fear that they have, especially my dad. Even though they both support me, um, I just try to like remind them. I'm like, I'm. St- there's more. Like, there are so many ways to make money nowadays. Like, there's so many ways. Like, we live in an online age where you can really just do anything. And like, mm-hmm. like. I'm actually, believe it or not, developing skills, even though I'm just playing RuneScape and making videos and streaming. Like, these are all things that are helping me. So even if everything were to come crashing down, I've learned a lot throughout this, and especially just being independent and learning how to just do these things on my own. That There's there's so much learning involved. So I feel like that thought of, man, I really should have maybe like stuck with, you know, like the corporate side of things and just been just whatever, like how, how, however my life was originally supposed to go. I feel like you have to remember how much you've learned over this time and how much like, I don't know how many skills you've actually developed, even though it's literally just runescape and streaming. It's like the ability to entertain people for hours and hours and hours. Like that is an insanely valuable skill that I don't think people understand. I'm going to steal that next time because my parents say the same thing. They, they're they like, so when, when is streaming ending? Because they, they always think that like streaming is only going to last for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And that they, they keep asking, like, how's streaming? Like, have you started thinking about school yet? Like, you're in your mid-20s. Like, you need to start thinking about school again. And I'm like, guys, mm-hmm. stop, like, chill. Like, streaming's not just going to die tomorrow <laughs> and then I'm know. homeless. Like, it's not that. It's not like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. Um yeah, it's just tough because like it's not like I know what's going to happen in the future. This is probably the most even though I feel very secure in what I'm doing, it is still a very insecure like option to have chosen, you know, to be a streamer. Oh, to, of course, we have like no job security at all. We've yeah. no benefits. We don't get health insurance. I know. Yeah, no. It secure is definitely not the right word when you're talking about a job like this, but it's also not 
it's not so insecure that we're worried tomorrow we're we're not gonna have a platform yeah and there's so many benefits to it like i i know what you're i know what you say by like streaming is harder than you initially think it's not like it's a hard job but it's like i think the idea that most people think when they get into streaming is this is like a dream come true i can play my video game and pay my bills with it mm -hmm. and i think sometimes what makes streaming hard is that um i don't want to say the word fantasy again but i'm going to use it anyway it's kind of like you put high expectations on yourself and you create these fantasies in your mind of like wow like this is just going to be constantly growing and then you forget that no streaming really is an up and down thing hopefully with an upward trend but man like you really don't especially when you're just streaming it's like yeah. you don't you don't know what you're making each month like there's no guarantee of anything you can oh, yeah. hope but that's where like the stress comes in and then like the thoughts of man i really wish i had some security with this and then that ends up snowballing at least and this is my own just projections i'm putting onto you so you can tell me if i'm wrong but this is how i've thought about it at least is like just the expectations you put on yourself and then when those fall through you end up getting a little bit sad like man i thought this was going better than it really is or something like that mm -hmm. and then that can kind of put you in like a, a negative headspace where like, man, should I be doing something else with my time? And yeah, it's... It, you are saying exactly how it works because <laughs> that is so true. It is very month to month. Some months are better than others. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's, yeah, you get in your head a lot when you kind of see the downward trends because, right, you're talking about everyone will see, you can't trend upwards forever. Yep. You're, you're not going to get on the platform and only have your numbers go up each month. You're going to have periods where you fall back down. Exactly. And uh, they suck, but it's, I don't know, it's part of it. It, it and getting through that teaches you something you know it, it makes you better it makes you like a better content creator and makes you uh kind of a little bit more empathetic as well because mm -hmm. it can just you can relate to other people that may be struggling as like a creator or whatever i don't know but yeah i think that's where the main hardship comes streaming initially was like the funnest thing ever I, I bet you can agree with me like first starting out streaming where everything's just growth and everything's just fun and new it's oh, yeah. just like the most addicting feeling ever like i i never want this to end but then you know things settle <laughs> the settling oh, yeah. of it is like oh okay i have so many now. like specific memories from early on in streaming like i remember exactly where i was when i first hit 50 viewers without a host and I like I will never forget it. I was at Arma, I was pet hunting on Malfoy, and I just it was like at that moment that I think it clicked in my head. I was like, I could genuinely see myself doing this full time after I finish undergrad. And it, dude, it's those types of things that just make it all worth it. Yep, yep, yeah. Um, okay, so I need to ask you this. It sounds like, and I'm not completely 100% familiar with what your plan is, but it sounds like you're going to be making a YouTube series of this uh, All Pet Speedrun. Is that correct? Yes, we are. And that's with Hootie Tootie, correct? Like that's your editor? It is with Hootie Tootie. We also picked up uh, Pack now. So Hootie's not going to take like the editing plus all like the extra stuff role. Mm. Um, Pack is going to be the main editor and Hootie's going to do any type of extra stuff. So like intro screens, outro screens, infographics. Um, Hootie, Hootie's just super creative. So I kind of oh, wanted yeah. to just have him be on like the creative aspect of it. And um, Pack is is going to be our editor. And this is at just of like three days ago. So 
Um, I, it has definitely been delayed. We're three and three months and one week into this account. But um, I think the first video is actually going to get put out this weekend. But at the absolute latest, it would be next weekend. And then after that, they'll be consistently coming out every like one to two weeks. And I'm super stoked for that side of it because I have never dipped my toes into YouTube. Dude, it is good. And you're doing it in the right way. I have to just say that. Like you, the way you're doing it is how YouTube should be done, in my opinion, is making quality content from the get-go, not just kind of starting it. I, I don't know. Obviously, there's other ways to start YouTube. Like I started it with just uploading literal hour-long videos that were just silence. <laughs> like mm -hmm. just... I don't know. It's just not for everybody. Not for like anybody, actually, pretty much. <laughs> but like uh, the way you're doing it and the the idea, the vision I'm seeing is going to be really, really good for your channel, especially that you've already hired an editor. So like you don't have that put on your shoulders. Like now you have to upkeep this whole nother chore. That's. Yeah, I, I wanted to do that. I mean, even even like I know I'm going to lose money, right? Like I, there's no way you can start a YouTube channel and be already at a profit. Like, yep, it's investing after paying, in yourself. After, yeah, after paying editors, I will absolutely be at net loss. But kind of how I thought about it is like Twitch is like Twitch is like how I make my money. So if I wanted to edit the videos myself, I'd have to take time off of Twitch and that would probably result in less money. And I would rather just have someone do it who knows what they're doing, can do it quick and efficiently and can make like quality stuff. Like I've, I've seen how pack edits and I've seen what Hootie can do. So I know both of them have a lot of talent and, um, I'm just hoping I could bring my part to the table and, uh, make sure that these, uh, these videos pop and, uh, hopefully the series kicks off. Dude, I, I think, uh, I think it's going to absolutely pop off and it's very unique. No, there's nothing like it right now. Yeah, I have a lot of high expectations. I'm super, super excited to see how it goes, dude. And it's addicting, man. Uh, YouTube is very addicting. I, I think what you're doing reminds me, obviously other creators have done it, but it just reminds me of kind of like what RS Chronicles did, where they were, I mean, I, I know it was Kemp Q's sort of idea with, uh, with John MP4 and everybody, but like it, Kemp Q was losing money doing this he had an idea to make a new community highlight channel and uh him putting in a bunch of money and his own resources into it without a guarantee at all but knowing like the risk is very low is just really cool to see and now the channel is just booming i mean sponsorships yeah. every video i mean he pulls a hundred thousand views every other day on another video like that that is just like they are making bank now because of it mm -hmm. and obviously it's work that that is hella work i mean that that is not in my idea that is not like super fun to do <laughs> just like a, a like a bi-daily thing where you're just having to sit down for eight hours and edit a very well edited video but man the the payout is just insane now and i can see that with your series uh just a completely unique series that's super interesting to watch i imagine because like if you're doing the very sweatiest of methods in the future obviously it's going to start out a little bit slower because you know just the early pets but yeah i can see it uh absolutely blowing up and then any future series you have is just gonna stack on so yeah like you're talking about this the start the start definitely <laughs> for this series was slow mm -hmm. um and i'm actually four pets with three months in i'm really happy with where we're at but now, so like the first part of the account, which you could probably test to is like just a lot of skilling and questing. So there's really no pet hunting there. 
So kind of just relating back, I'm kind of okay with the YouTube videos coming out now because now there's more attention and I guess hype around my streams, um, which is then just going to push them towards that video. Whereas if the videos were to come out a month ago when I was still just questing and doing boring shit, I, I don't know if it would have done as well. Yep. So I think the timing actually works. I'm excited for it, man. I'm excited to watch the videos. I know I am too. And then, and the best part, this is what, and I haven't even reached this point with YouTube. YouTube's, believe it or not, really is a big, big chunk of my paycheck now, nowadays. Like, it's surprising because YouTube initially was just a passion project that was making me nothing. And then to think mm -hmm. that, oh, this has actually become like another avenue of revenue. That, it's cool to see that. And I haven't even touched what I've talked to other creators on, which is sponsorships. I mean, yeah. when I talk to Solo Mission on the cast, like, dude, like the, the spawn people pay just absolute bonkers money for yeah. like one YouTube video. And all you have to do is just talk about it for 60 seconds. It's not like Twitch where you have to basically beg your audience to download a game like nonstop <laughs> throughout the stream. Yeah. It's literally just recorded in your video and make a way bigger payout than any sort of Twitch sponsorship would be willing to pay. Yeah, I, like, like I said, this is my first time on YouTube, so I don't know anything about YouTube money. I don't really know how pay works or like what mm -hmm. sponsor quotes are, but I am excited to see it, dude. It's I think you're gonna have an absolute blast. It's it, it's cool even from the get go because it's all growth. That's what YouTube feels like. It's just very oh, yeah. consistent. It doesn't really dip that much. It the like the charts I've seen, the analytics I've seen on my YouTube is a very upward trend. It's so cool to see. Twitch is, awesome. is all over the goddamn place. It's just like, what oh. is going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'm very excited for you uh, for that. And um, yeah. Okay. I have to cover this real quick because uh, it's at the top of my feed. And I, I, I just got to ask it. I've asked it past multiple casts. But Zoe Pancakes asks, have you ever done mushrooms? Oh, gosh. Okay, so I hope my parents don't ever listen to this. Like I said, they are very strict and Catholic and religious and anti-everything besides uh -huh. alcohol, which is too. funny because I have preached on this all the time. Alcohol is genuinely like one of the worst drugs, in my opinion, mm -hmm. in terms of like detriment to your body, how much it affects you, what happens if you take too much of it. I am like, I don't get me wrong. I love alcohol. But I don't like the world we live in right now where we all just say alcohol's fine and everything else isn't fine. Um, yes, I've, I've tripped. The first time I tripped was when I was 18. Um, psychedelics aren't my favorite, but um, I have a buddy who, who grows his own mushrooms in a legal place, um, in a legal place to trip. So it has been very fun every time I've done that. And um, my first experience with mushrooms was, uh, was also awesome it was at a lake house and um it was with a big group of friends and a comfortable place where i felt safe mm -hmm. and uh I, I definitely enjoyed my time with that that's good that's good to hear they're fun. It, yeah they're fun and they're, yeah. and they're grown from the earth so you know what fuck the government <laughs> like it doesn't dude it's literally grown from the ground all right it, it like you People have been doing this forever. People have ate mushrooms and tripped forever. Like, I don't understand the whole taboo behind it. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's probably something that in the next, I don't even know, like a decade to two decades, it's going to be decriminalized everywhere and probably legalized a lot of places. It's yeah. the same thing with weed. Like, weed is taking that route right now, mm -hmm. right? Like, 
our parents, when our parents grew up, weed was just so, well, I mean, our parents grew up with like the war on drugs. Was that yeah. Nixon? I can't remember the president. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Was, yeah. But the president would go on and he would tell everyone how bad drugs are and you, you can't, you can't do drugs. You can't let your kids do drugs or it'll kill them and it'll ruin their lives. Now, this isn't to say drugs do ruin people's lives. Absolutely. But a lot of things ruin people's lives. Um, and in my view on, um, a lot of different drugs in general is like, you need to know yourself. You need to know your body. You need to know your limits and just like use in moderation, but like recreational use to try stuff. I mean, we only get one life. We only have one body. Like I, I want to try a lot of different things and see if I like it or not. And um, like, so the fuck what? If it yeah. like it was mushrooms specifically, like I do not feel any ounce of bad with eating a mushroom that is grown from the ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very interesting. You know, what's uh, ironic about me asking this is I actually, <clears throat> I actually just very recently had a pretty traumatic trip that okay. was probably this probably the single-handed well, i don't know what i'm trying to say the the scariest trip i've ever had basically yeah and uh it was quite overwhelming for me so i, I think for the the longest time and i agree with you by the way about your sentiment with alcohol like alcohol is the fucking worst like that that's like literally like the worst drug well besides well i'm not gonna go into i'm not gonna start rating drugs but alcohol is yeah awful for you um now, there's obviously risks with all drugs, and, and when you experience, like, a really traumatizing, like, not traumatizing, but just very terrifying trip, it kind of brings you back to, at least for me, where, um, I don't know, I feel like I've shared quite openly on Twitter about how much I love mushrooms, uh, mm. but, yeah, when you experience something that, like, sort of sort of comes out of the blue, and you're, you weren't expecting it, and it can put you in a dark headspace it reminds yeah. you that this stuff is not to just be joked around about and not to just you know no. it, it is a serious substance you know it can it, it has it, it actually has real risks and yeah so, it absolutely is i always have like told people like you need to make sure you're in a comfortable place you need yep. to make sure you're in a mentally good headspace i mean psychedelics in general if you are like not in a mentally good headspace at the time, you should just not take psychedelics because they will yeah. reach the deep depths of your brain and yeah. they will dig out whatever your inner thoughts are and they will bring them right to the forefront and they'll make you think about them. They'll make you deal with it on the spot. And <laughs> yeah. I, I've, had my, I've had my experiences with them. I, mm -hmm. I, um, I like them, but I also like know myself and I know yeah. when not to. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause, uh, I'm actually probably going to be taking a a big like huge tolerance break. No, I can't even call it a tolerance break. Just a break for myself, uh, just because I think, like you said, bringing things to the forefront of your mind, it like showed me a lot of shit that I was like dealing with, and I'm like, holy shit! Like I, yeah, without without going and making this a whole therapy session, I'm I'm probably going to be taking a little break from it. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely been very beneficial, but there's there's risks to it, so uh -huh. you got to be careful. Yeah. You know yourself better than anyone else, so. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, Manic Marauder asks, this kind of, I guess sort of stems on it a little bit, but first concert and first festival favorite? Share a story. He wants to hear a story of, uh, you You are a festival goer, is that correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, first concert or festival ever was Lollapalooza. Um, I was... Oh gosh, 
I don't remember the year. The headliner was Hardwell and Martin Garrix. Lollapalooza in Chicago. I grew up uh, kind of near the Chicago area, about like an hour, two hours away. And um, God, I do not miss Lollapalooza. Lollapalooza Festival. It was perfect for my age because I was like 16 to 18. Um, but uh, it, yeah, it, it has a lot of kids there and a lot of people who I feel like go to it for a like a social outing more than just the music mm. and um that was my first experience a story from that one hmm. i don't even i don't have like a specific story from that I'm trying to think of like in all my festivals of what would be my favorite festival i ever went to was uh Bass Nectar, he did a Halloween run my sophomore year of college, which would have been 2017. He did uh, two stops in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and then he did his final stop in Peoria, Illinois. And that, like, just down to the roots was the most batshit, like, weekend I've ever had in my life. Um, Bass Nectar is now canceled, kind of, which I don't oh. want to talk about. Okay. Um, I don't still like support him or I don't support anything he's done in the past, but mm -hmm. I'm just talking about strict memories here. Yeah. Um, that had just like the most insane, diverse group of people I have ever met in my life. And I went with a girl who I definitely had a crush on at the time, but nothing unfortunately stemmed from that. <laughs> um, but that, that definitely would have been my favorite. My first looking back was probably one of my least favorites. Um, I've been to a lot of Lollapaloozas just because of how, close it was to get to mm -hmm. uh, where i grew up i'm bummed i don't i can't i have like a lot of interesting memories but i, I can't bet, think of yeah. any that are like super interesting for someone who wasn't in that mindset at yeah. the time you know I mean? you're, you're totally right it's all it's all about the feeling like you explaining the feeling of being at one of those live festivals is like you can't explain it really yeah um, Everyone's just doing music. their own thing. Yeah. That's what I like about it. Everyone's doing their own thing. Um, if, if you go to the right festival, no one really cares about whatever anyone's doing around you. We're all just mm -hmm. there just to live in the moment, get fucked up if that's your type of thing. I mean, I've been to a lot of shows sober before, and they're just as good. Um, being sober, what I found out, like if I'm going to go to a show sober, I'd like really try to make sure I'm around a group of friends that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know. It's all about just being in the moment and, and listening to it. Like I just uh, – are you into like progressive – at all progressive house like do you know what 10 oh, liquor yeah. is yeah yeah, so yeah. You do, yeah i just saw 10 liquor over new year's eve and like that was the time like a 10 liquor show is never going to be like bad shit crazy right like it's very melodic it's soothing it's nice on the ears it was one of the most relaxing just like intimate sets i think i've ever had with the people who i went with but also like the random people around us um and that's kind of like why i like live music so much is just like I, I will make like connections with people. I'll make like almost like intimate conversations with people around me and I won't ever get their phone number and I won't ever talk to them again. But like that's just okay because that's like why we're there. Yeah. Just to just to be in the moment and and do stuff that I don't usually do on a day to day basis. That's, that's really, why I like it. Yeah. I kind of regret having not gone to uh festivals in my younger years. I've I still want to. In fact, uh, you know, uh, I believe you know Scotty Freeballer, right? Yeah. Yeah, He I'm, he's like, dude, you got to come out to a festival like at, at some to. point, you know? Because like I've, I've been... I've met him for years. Okay. 
Yeah. He, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You had mentioned that. Yeah, I was not, at the about it. proper. I was at proper festival with him. Yeah, I love Scotty. Yeah. He's he's fucking yeah, he's awesome. He's a good guy. Um, but yeah, I never ever went to like festivals. I just go to small venues. I was more into like indie alternative music growing up, mm-hmm. and, and I had a friend that was like super into it. He would always take me to concerts that were like very small venues, and it, it is not nothing like late. A, nothing like a festival. Don't ever think it's too late. I've been so now that I'm a little bit older now. I've kind of grown out of some of my older music tastes. Like I grew up a dubstep kid, um, 100%, like through and through. Bass Nectar was my favorite, uh, like favorite artist to see. I had a lot of friends who were into Tipper, um, who also is like a super selective style of music with a very insane fan base, um, very dedicated fan base. He still has a very dedicated fan base, but mm-hmm. I grew up kind of like in the deep depths of dubstep. And then slowly but surely, I've like been working my way out of it into like house tech and uh, like progressive house. I've really been enjoying a lot. And uh, I went to an uh, Anjuna family event, which is above and beyond's above and beyond's label. Mm. And I have never experienced so much friendliness and like giving uh, as I have there. And I felt, bro, I literally felt young. I gen- like the average age at an Anjuna event is probably like 30 to 35. Holy. Okay. It was a lot of like, oh, so like, first of all, they're older. They're older guys. I think they're both in their like 40s, maybe getting close to 50s now. They've been in this scene forever. Um, and their their events, Above and Beyond's events are, are fantastic. I'm actually going to the Weekender. Uh, they call their events Group Therapy. The Group Therapy Weekender at the Gorge in Washington next year. Um, the one last year was was so great that I'm going again this year, and the lineup is insane. Hell um, yeah. So probably as I get older, I'm probably going to get into like kind of music for get into music that has an older like a listening yeah. base. <laughs> yeah, I'm you not, almost need to. Yeah, I'm not as young and dumb and psycho as I was when I was like 18. <laughs> so I can't keep up with like really that many dubstep shows anymore. That's funny. Yeah, no, that that kind of ends up happening uh you kind of just like my 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 own music taste has actually changed even into streaming i remember like initially i was listening to kind of like alternative music and then it slowly drifted into trance like very much just trance only and then it Mm -hmm. sort of drifted into a little bit of progressive and then a little bit of like progressive uh classics from like the 2000s and stuff and then it just ended up I don't know. I feel like I just listened to like electronic dance music a little bit more, but it it's always drifting. But I I know what you mean about like you kind of have to go with your own age group, even if you don't want to. It's just like no, you kind of gotta like there there hits a point where you're just looking like a a zoomer if you stick with your original music tastes. Yeah, no, it's also I don't know. I think it's good to evolve your music tastes because you'll you'll never forget the times you had in the past. You'll never forget that old music, but it's I don't know, kind of going through like the process of getting into different genres and figuring out what's best for like where you are in your life is has been really enjoyable for me. Okay, Mope Solo asks, or he says, bandana to no bandana, an amazing music taste to being a fellow log dogger. 100% 100% the streamer who got me hooked on Twitch and OSRS with a passion. As an intense pet chaser, what's your favorite and least favorite pet? Do you still feel motivated to race for first to each new pet? Wow. So the first part of that was an insane compliment. Thank you, Mope. Uh, but uh, favorite and least favorite pet. Let's start with that one first. Um, 
least favorite pet is probably guardians of the rift right now i would say or squirrel um neither they're my mind too much it's going to be stuff that i just like sesh out netflix shows or movies while i'm doing but neither of those are also engaging like right like no one's going to wake up in the morning and they're going to rip the sheets off them they're gonna be like i am so <laughs> excited to do guardians of the rift today like i'm fucking pumped right like that's just not going to happen ever so I'll do those pets and I will get them, but it's, those aren't stuff that I would say I'm looking forward to. So those are probably my least favorite. Um, most favorite. I love top top is the best raid out of the three. Don't care. What anyone says, um, Tob's great. So I'm probably most looking forward to top. Now, does that directly, uh, or, okay, let me, let me see how to phrase this. Would so your most favorite pet? Would you want to go the driest at Tob, or is there another pet that you would actually like to go driest on? Like, is there a pet that you actually are wanting to go dry on because it's such enjoyable content? Um, or is that just not in the oh, like, I don't know, Seder, I, the I fucking the pet hunter in me? I cannot tell you <laughs> that I want to go dry on a pet that just the pet hunter in me will not allow me to do that. Okay, okay, um, I figured. <laughs> Do I want to do two tobs before I get the pet? No. Yeah. But am I telling you right now that I want to go four times the rate and spend 500 hours uh, in this speed run at tob? Also, no. Um, I see. So you just you so just I, want every pet to be like on rate almost. Yeah. If every pet was perfectly on rate, I'd I'd chill. I'd be perfectly fine with that. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, what was the last question? Least favorite pet. Favorite do you pet. And the feel motivated. To, uh, well, I'm assuming you still feel motivated. You've only had four so far. So, um, he, Wait, was, his, the, was the question about motivation on Malfoy on getting new pets when they come out on Malfoy, or was it? Oh, I don't know. Actually, that's a good question. So he just asks, "Do you still feel motivated to race for first to each new pet?" Oh, it must so be on Malfoy. Then, Malfoy, yeah. yeah, that must be. Um, I did with Muspa, but I don't. I can't promise in the future. If every time there's a new pet, I'm going to be on Malfoy the day of doing it. Yeah. That account's not going anywhere, kind of how I think of it. And if, let's say, like this, the, the new speedrun all pets account is like really kicking off, the YouTube side's really doing successful, stream side's really doing successful, I might not be going back to Malfoy. Um, I will at some point, mm -hmm. but I, I'm not going to like promise that every time a new pet comes out, I'm going to be on Malfoy day of yeah. until I get it. I mean, I can definitely see even in the near future how that would be a huge detriment. I mean, think about Desert Treasure 2, four new bosses coming out, you're really going to just hop onto Malfoy for the next yeah. like, 6 months and <laughs> grind out four I pets. Mean, yeah, so we don't know if there's going to be four new pets, but I mean, that's there's what most people are be, thinking. Right? Like that, most people are thinking it is. Yeah. There, there's no way they're not going to each have a pet. Yeah. Like, let's be I mean, honest, it's like, right? That that could literally be like our GW two, like our God Wars Dungeon yeah. two could literally just be Desert Treasure two, and it's just four unique new bosses all at once. Um, that's kind of that's that's a lot, and most most pets are around like a hundred to two hundred hours, so we're looking at four hundred to eight hundred hours just with one quest, which that's talking about the rate. I don't want to talk about yeah. what happens if you go over rate, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not um, entirely sure. I'm not I'm not fully made up if I'm actually going to be going back on Malfoy right away. But that'll be like a case-by-case -case scenario. I see. Okay, so... Is there... 
like an appropriate amount of hours for a pet to be like let's just imagine these new four bosses come out what would be the most optimal in your head of like how many hours these pets should take efficiently like would you be super annoyed if they were like 400 hour pets or would yeah. you be more annoyed if they were just like 40 hour pets like i don't, I don't know just so this is something that i've thought about a lot actually along the way and i've talked to a lot of other patterns about it pet hours are inconsistent as shit yep. sometimes i genuinely think the jmods are spinning a wheel and they're the wheel has like five different hours associated and they're just picking the one that the wheel spins on um <laughs> I, I don't understand how they create their hours to the pet um temple ross for example when temple ross was released the jmods had no idea of firefighter method firefighter method sped up the hours by double so when temple ross came out at a one in eight thousand rate ridiculous by the way whoever made that rate literally spun a wheel and said <laughs> sure thumbs up and the jmods had no conversation about it what when whenever tempo ross came out at one in eight thousand i have no idea what they were thinking at all the only thing that i can think about is that they're going to always lean on the side of potentially making them more hours because they know that that is a guarantee for player player activity within that content for an increased amount of time Yep. Right. Like the J mods know that the, the J mods know that there's a lot of people who have reached end game and runescape. There's a lot of pet hunters. There's a lot of uh, cloggers, call loggers um, with especially with Bodhi doing it now. Um, but Bodhi's audience is massive. He has a big pull on this community. People see Bodhi call logging and pet hunting and they want to go call log and pet hunt. So my thought process on like why sometimes they do add random pets to high hours um, is because they want to increase the time spent within that content. I'm never going to be able to prove that. The JMods are never going to admit it if they do that, but that's my thought on why some are are that high. Would I like to see the new Desert Treasure 2? Each each of the four be like 400 hours each? Hell no. Omelet, <laughs> omelet rate was already too high. We We still don't know to this day if omelet rate was supposed to be that high. When Omelette came out, they accidentally made it one in 650 purples. So <laughs> once again, this is another thing that JMods will never admit stupid. it. It is, it is stupid. It, so they admitted that it was a mistake, yeah. but the JMods will never admit what they th wanted the rate to be. Exactly. A lot of people think, a lot of people think they wanted the rate to be one in 650 chambers. And then maybe they had a conversation about making it so you only get a pet roll on a purple and they just forgot to change it. Hmm. And then some people think that they actually meant to make it one in 65 purples, but they accidentally added a zero. So we still don't know to this day if the JMOs actually intended on making it one in 65 purples, because if it was only one in 65 chambers with, let's say, like an average points of 30k a raid, that's way less than one in 65 purples. Yeah. So comparing Omelet is the longest boss pet in the game. So I don't even like comparing the other bosses to Omelet because. To this day, we still don't know if Omelette was a mistake or not. We know they made a mistake at the beginning of making it one in 650 purples. Mm -hmm. um, but we don't know if they changed it to... We, we don't know if they changed it just by like eliminating the zero and saying we accidentally added on a new zero. Or if they wanted to make it one in 65 raids in general. Um, so I'm rambling so hard specifically about Omelette right now. But... Um, rates i i think like the the sweet spot is anywhere around like 100 to 150 or let's say like 50 to 150 so when when forestry comes out 
and this new pheasant pet comes out. No one actually wants to spend 100 hours or 200 hours killing pheasants with a fucking crossbow or a slingshot. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. You, you, they can try to make it as interesting as they want, but it's never going to be as interesting as like a legit boss. So I would like to see more stuff like that. If they're super strict and stubborn on like adding minigame pets, like a Giant's Foundry pet, I think those should lean more towards like the 50 hours. Yes. Make it make it the rarest thing. Make it rarer than anything that you can buy from the shop. But don't go overboard. Mm-hmm. Don't don't do tempo. The tempo Ross did not need to be tempo Ross when it was released was like a two hundred hour pet. Like that is in that is longer than any God Wars pet. That is longer than Corp. That is insane. There, there's no reason for that. Um, so mini game pets like I guess non important pets I think should be around 50 uh, PVM pets I think should be like I don't know anywhere between like 100 and 200 those are like normal like uh, n- Nightmare Nightmare is like between 100 and 200 all God Wars are between that um, DKs are really fast but most bosses I would say are around like 100 I think that's a sweet spot in my opinion and I would be happy if the DT2 bosses were around that I actually want to ask about DKs because uh, I had actually pulled up my pet log when you had just mentioned it like what you're doing is hunting all pets on the collection log portion of all pets not yep. the dusts and stuff and i saw the three dks pets. i don't have any of them yet i think i'm just about 5000 kc total dks yeah. but what are your thoughts on dks I, I i like i know they're fast but there's three of them and they're all one in five thousand like do you think jagex could ever pull a stunt like that ever again and make no <laughs> like no i don't it's ridiculous so when DKs got released with the first batch of pets, when I started pet hunting, there's actually only like 15 pets in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in the teens. There was so little. The no skilling pets were in the game at the time. And it was like DKs, God Wars, and Corp. They all got the one in 5K rate. I don't know why they did it, but I think they just pulled off some tape and slapped that rate on all those bosses right at the start just to do it. Um, I, I don't think they're ever going to make another one in 5K rate from a boss pet. Okay. I wouldn't say those were mistakes, but I just, I don't think they're ever going to do that again. Yeah. The, the DKs one especially, it's just weird. It almost seems like there should just be one DKs pet and you could just transmog them. Like that would make perfect sense in 2023 if they were to do yeah. something like that. But yeah, having three unique DKs pets is very kind strange. I, I do agree. Even though those are fast pets with alts nowadays, I know you're not, you can't play an alt, so it kind of sucks for you, but um, those are like insanely fast. And there's pretty ironed out methods for all different permutations of those. No yeah. matter which one you get first, the other two that you have, there's there's a method in, the, in like video guides on it. And they're all around like 100 uh, kills per hour. So they're pretty good. Yeah. And they've made it pretty easy, especially with the like ladders. You can just jump mm-hmm. up and down. Yeah. Um, two instances per world yeah okay so let's see oh i wanted to mention just because he had brought it up and i think there's another question so let's talk about the the bandana um just because you don't wear it anymore so what what was the reason for uh you not wearing it anymore was there any like hidden thing or was it just you were just sick of it bro i fucking hated wearing that bandana oh my god (laughs) I am a creature of habit, though, and I get comfortable doing something, and I don't really want change. Um, the bandana—it's the bandana started when I was really young, like sixteen to eighteen. I wore like bandana to festivals. I was that 
dumb kid who fucking had a bandana on and glasses and was probably getting a little bit too fucked up but it's okay we all go through those phases so i had a lot of bandanas at the time and um i don't i like one put it on because like there was no one on no one like who streamed without it so i thought that like maybe it would help me stand out more i think it did Uh, to be quite honest i think you okay let me I'm going to have you continue, but I just want to say, I thought the bandana was kind of cool, to be honest. And I felt like it was part of your brand. But I don't know what was going through your head at the time. Yeah, no, I definitely, at the beginning, thought that it would be an easy way to, like, have something associated to me mm-hmm. um, and to have me stand out. And I I agree. I do think it worked. But wearing that thing every day was not fun. And I'm very glad it is off now. Um, I it took so long for me to take it off one because i'm a self-conscious person and i i don't know i didn't want to deal with people talking about my fucking big forehead or people just (laughs) constantly (laughs) ragging me about where's the bandana like i just assumed i assumed that that would be the entirety of every stream for months down the road thankfully when i took it off it was only like two streams where i was getting constant questions about it but I was just paranoid that it would annoy the hell out of me. And so I just dealt with it for years. That is so funny. I, I just, I don't know. I just think the the, the whole thing is, funny. I think, in, I think maybe if it's already passed, maybe if not, I think in the next few years, you're just going to realize like how silly the whole thing was of the, like, it, it, I do the same things. Like I'm, I'm very self-conscious too about certain things. I'm not going to mention them or also get trolled about them. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's funny when you just take a step back and realize how silly it was to like have overthought it so much. You know what I mean? Oh, a hundred percent. And not only that, like I, I was done with the bandana after like one year and I, I wore it for like four years on the stream mm-hmm. close to five. So, and then it just become like the longer you have it on, like the more hard yep. like, hesitant you are to make exactly. the change. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Totally feel that. Yeah, um, I mean, you're still coxy at the end of the day, so it didn't matter if you wore a bandana or not. But uh, I think personally it was, I don't know, I, I felt like that was sort of a cool brand move to do because, yeah, like you said, like nobody had it at one point. But I feel like the obligation that you might have put on yourself that now you need to wear this or don't wear it, like there's no like in between because you never made it that. If you had just started mm-hmm. streaming like by putting a bandana on here and there, it probably would have just been such an easier time for you to just to just oh, understand. Yeah. You can just not have it on, but you can if you want. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, just that feeling, that obligation that you've put on yourself now to just always have it on. It's just yeah. Well, yeah, yeah I was, was just not interested. It. So, so how was that? How was that feeling of you taking it off for the first stream? Obviously, it was scary, but like, were, were you just being... relieved? Yeah, other than being like nervous the whole time about, I did. Everyone overthinks everything. I, I just, I don't know. I, I thought I would just get so many trolls just hounding me, twenty four seven, about it. But no, it, it really was fine. It was a lot of people who are like in the community, been around the community forever, like asking why I took it off, and like th- mm-hmm. that was fine. But um, it, it felt great. It feels fantastic not having to worry about it. And uh, I'm definitely happier this way. That's nice. And my skin is—I didn't really actually have any like bad acne, but it definitely did irritate it if I was wearing it for like mm. too long periods. Yep. 
Was there, uh, I just need to ask out of curiosity, was there ever a time where you were about to go live without the bandana when you did wear the bandana? Or were you uh, like pretty on point with just no. always having it on before you start stream? Uh, I, there's not a single time in the four years that I accidentally went live or almost accidentally went live without it on. Holy shit. That's like the level of self-conscious I was. There's <laughs> nothing. I do. If it, okay, this is also, this is something that like stream doesn't even really know. Yeah. But I have the same bracelet that I have worn on my right arm since I started streaming. And wow. I wear it every day. No one ever sees it. But it's just like, my brain is a really fucking weird place. Like, if I even think about going live without feeling that bracelet, like, on my arm, like, it'll throw me off. And there's wow. there's been a point where I've delayed stream for, like, 20 minutes because I had to fucking find the thing before I went live or there's no way I was going to make it. That's nuts. I I wish I wish I could understand my brain so a lot is, of the time. But, is yeah. it like OCD? Maybe it is. I don't know. I've never I've never been diagnosed with anything. Mm -hmm. I've never gone to talk to anyone about it. But it's really yeah, interesting. It was. It, I'm I'm glad the band is over, but that's like the level of psycho my brain gets sometimes about mm -hmm. this stuff. Like I'm not even on stream right now. I'm just talking to you, but I the bracelet's on. <laughs> Yeah, because I feel like I I feel like I'm kind of on stream right now, and it just like it's making me like feel more comfortable. That's so interesting. I I used to, this is not even related the exact same, but when I used to play Guitar Hero, I was a I was totally addicted to Guitar Hero in high school. Um, I'd play it every single day for like five hours after school, and I would just practice like expert songs and try to get really good at them. But I had this weird um, problem where <clears throat> like. I would get very, very, very hypersensitive. Uh, like if I was mastering a song, like if I was gold starring it in the moment, as as soon as I got to like 80% of the song through, I would start super hyper analyzing like every single feeling in my body, like almost sabotaging myself. So I'd miss a note yeah. and I would do these l weird little rituals sort of like I, I would have to have my foot in a perfect space bot and i'd have to have my like hand on a certain <laughs> spot or else i would like jinx myself i would think like everything needs to be perfect right now i need to be in a perfect like seat like i, I need to be sat down perfectly straight and i don't know i would hyper analyze so i know it's not the same thing but i i kind of know what you're talking about where like things yeah. need to be the right way or you're gonna or it's just it'll not throw gonna, you yeah it'll throw yeah, you it'll off throw you off 100 <laughs> yeah no so uh, that is exactly how I feel. And it's always small things. It's like stuff that doesn't even matter. But it's something that like it'll trigger something in your brain where <laughs> yeah. it, it, it will just throw you off. Yeah, that's so interesting. I don't think I have anything with streaming that comes to mind. Although I will admit fully that there are some days where I'll like get ready for the stream and I will not start the stream for like 20 minutes. You I'll literally just be computer. sitting there just thinking about the stream. I'll be like, Bro, you know, like every everyone, does, every streamer does that. There are every there. I will not listen to anyone who does not say they've not sat at their computer twenty minutes for the stream and just like either stared at Twitter like brain brain off or just like thought about the stream. That everyone. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. You're not alone with that. Yeah. It's bad though sometimes. Okay, so this is a topic uh, that we've decided to cover, and uh, I'm gonna read it. <clears throat> What was your mindset at the time when it happened? Bandos AHK incident. Did you really think anything of it at the time? How did it really change your mindset on things like that? Whether it be cheating in general, levels of cheating, clienting, AHK, maybe Parsec, Infernal Capes, account services. 
Did the public perception of you going forward change anything? How did the TOA incident add to this slash change anything now that it was more recent thoughts in general? So I'm also just going to uh, reiterate for maybe those that don't watch Twitch and don't know what the hell I just said. Um, basically, just in regards to what had happened with the uh, Bandos incident where um, a little AHK script went off and then TOA of there was a bug in the game that allowed you to have more invocations on and you were caught doing that. And in my, I, I know I'm just like adding on more stuff right now, but here, you know what? I'm just going to let you talk about it. No, no, you're just clarifying it. Okay. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm only clarifying that because of yeah people that maybe don't know. And so what are your whole thoughts on that? What was your thought process at the time? And how do you see it now that those two incidents have passed, I guess? Yeah, yeah. so that there's a lot of questions in that. So let's take it first one at a time. Okay. Um, so Bando's AHK. Uh, first of all, let's let's go way back. Um, cheating. I I like. I've never been. I I cheated in high school. Um, a hundred percent. I feel like most most people did. I have kind of always had a little bit of a lazy bone in my body about stuff that I don't feel passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I unfortunately have absolutely cheated on, on like homework and, um, I think I've only cheated on like one test in high school. And I remember it scared me so shitless that I never did it again. Um, but that's not like, it's not something that kind of hurts my moral or my, like my ethic value so much that I would have not done it. So let's start there and go forward into RuneScape. So RuneScape's out. Uh, I've been playing RuneScape for literally ever um i played through a lot of different eras in this game i played in the era before we had shift click drop where hk was very common um i remember when i first set up hk it was for lava runes is either for lava runes or for um dropping fish yep um i'm i'm talking back in i'm talking probably like 2016 2017 here um, the first time I ever set up AHK was I watched an Autumn Elegy video. Uh, he had a guide, like a really pretty popular guide on how to set up mouse keys or HK at the time. And that is, um, that is what initially like got me kind of into it at that time. Uh, our mindset was very, make sure every action is one-to-one, which means you're clicking one button on your keyboard and it's doing one action in game. And that action would be like left uh right click a fish and then you have to click another button to drop down the eight pixels that it is to drop down to the drop button and then another button to click drop so whenever at the beginning whenever i was using hk i always try to stick to like the one-to-one stuff for dropping fish like that it was three buttons on a keyboard to drop one fish Mm -hmm. but you could kind of like do it really quick and that was a pretty common thing um it was not taboo at all at the time the j mods never spoke out about it um, they also never clarified saying that you could do it. It was kind of just something that we all did. And I mean, I used it for lava runes as well. Um, okay. Fast forward. Uh, the Bandos HK was on an Iron Man. And as I enjoyed my time playing Iron Man, there's definitely a lot of stuff that I did not enjoy on Iron Man, like the chore part of Iron Man, <laughs> which is, uh, specifically like most skilling in general, I was okay with, but it was something about 
uh, cleaning herbs that I just hated. And I was at Tob at the time on the Ironman, so I didn't want to spend GP at all because I was in my head. I was so stuck on like all my GP is going to go into blood runes because I had a saying at the time. Um, and I didn't want to spend GP on it. And I just was I, truth be told, I was I was fucking lazy. I was lazy and I didn't want to actually like do it myself. So I used a um it, so the script that I used, actually, I got from a friend. It was a fish dropping script that I actually never used. It was, I think, only 27 spots in the inventory. Uh, if you go back and watch it, it doesn't actually hit all 28. It only hit 27. But um, it was uh, it was a fishing script that I used to clean herbs. And um, it, honestly, it was just purely out of out of laziness, out of me like wanting to cut corners and not actually have to go through that process on the Ironman. Okay, now, a thing that I have never really told social media or stream, because at the time it wouldn't have made a difference, right? Like I, I was still caught using HK, I was caught cutting corners and cheating. Um, it doesn't make it any better, but I was literally sent that script the night before it went off. Um, it was still bound to F5, which if I was actually using that script, it would not have been bound to F5. F5 is my spec bar. Uh, I used to use the old F keys. Mm -hmm. So I genuinely didn't use it any other than that night, which is why I think I only got a two day for it. Um, I don't have confirmation on this, but I don't doubt one bit in my mind that they did not go through my account at the time and look to see uh, how often I was using it. And if I was actually abusing the fuck out of it everywhere in the game or at like all different skills in the game, like fishing or uh, I don't know where else you'd abuse a script like that. Like just dropping like logs, maybe at teaks. I do think that I would have gotten more than a two day, either a two week or a perm. So that script specifically was only used for one night of uh, cleaning all my herbs in my bank. Now, does that make it any better? Absolutely not. But it was not a thing that people made it out to be that I'm just like someone who's been cheating my entire time on RuneScape. And that's yeah. like the only thing I can do, a habitual line stepper. I can't control myself from cheating. It's like an itch that I can't stop itching. Um, I, I've, I, I'm really not that type of person, um, despite what, what people want to what, what people want to make it out to be. Yeah. My consequences of going forward, dude, that scared the fuck out of me. I remember uh, I was dating Delaney at the time. I remember telling Delaney and I was like, okay, I'm going to like, you're going to have to like start paying the bills. My job's going to be over. This is a hundred percent going to cancel like my career, even though it was a mistake oh, that I made for one night. I, I, oh. I wish she could come in here and confirm this. Cause I, she, I know she remembers that night too. Cause I was like, I'm so sorry, but like, you're going to have to like start paying the bills. I'm going to like look for something else to do. Cause this is a hundred percent going to be career ending for me. Holy shit. Um, okay. Thankfully it wasn't. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I definitely did learn my lesson. And um, I, I think it was at that moment how much I realized that I took this for granted. And I was just stuck in the mindset of wanting to get progress as quick as possible, whether it was on stream or off stream. And off stream, I was being lazy at the time and, and didn't want to do it. And um, I mean, yeah, obviously I, f I fucking like regret it. I wish I could go back and not ever have done that and not ever have been known as that person. Okay, fast forward to TOA. Um, the HK thing also was 
two years, I think it was January of, yeah, it was January of 2021. So it was over two years ago, two years and like three months now was when that went off and, uh, and all that happened. So two years down the line, nothing's happening. Everything's fine and dandy. And then TOA, bro, the TOA conversation is so, so tricky because now at this point, people have a predetermined mindset of what they believe I am as a person, and they believe they know where my morals and ethics lie. Now, I'm going to say it, and I know people aren't going to believe it, but I genuinely did not think what I was doing on TOA was going to be something that would get me in as much trouble as it did. Um, the TOA invocation dupe was uh, a way to dupe specific invocations and it would allow you to turn others off. Now, it, it wouldn't it it didn't make the raid really that much easier, right? So if you if you duped invocations up to a 450 invocation raid, everything still hits like it's 450. It's just the thing is you might be able to turn upset stomach off or like Baba boulders rolling faster, mm-hmm. right? So that was more of just something that um, I, I truly didn't think that that would blow up as much as it did. And um, not only that, but the fact that I did it for one night and uh, one night only. And I actually wasn't even the person who knew about it. It was the team that I was sessioning with at the time said that um, you could copy paste duped invocations from other people who had figured out how to duplicate it. Um, and I, I did, I ran a session with them that night of it on. And uh, obviously I faced the consequences hard. Now, once again, this doesn't mean that I shouldn't have gotten in trouble. And I realize that a lot now, but I literally every, every, like from after that night, and I still have the DMs and I have the timestamps and everything. Actually, I think I went to bed that night. I think I went to bed that night and in the morning before I even started streaming at like eight in the morning, my time, I um, sent a message to the JMods telling them exactly like what was happening. Um, at that time, I did figure out how the, the duplication process worked because my team member talked to the person who he got it from. And I told them the like everything that I knew about the duplication process and the fact that it was being easily shared because you can copy paste other people's invocations, mm. which is where it was like rapidly being shared around. Um, and within 24 hours, it was uh, the the ability to, to duplicate invocations was removed and it didn't come until like a week later when then anti-cheat went through and checked everyone's accounts who abused it is when I got caught up in it. So oh, then it was this man. whole mindset of, of me thinking that I was okay because one, I, I did it for one night session Two, I, I told the gym odds how, how everything I knew about it and that it was fixed within a week. I got a response from them saying, thank you. We passed it on to the team. And um, w- within 24 hours, it was banned. I, I want to clarify one more time before people are listening to this. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. And think that I'm saying that I should be safe because I did that. I fully agree with like the decision that they made now. I know absolutely better. I should never have stepped foot inside of there. I was asked by my teammate, uh, my teammates, if if I wanted to join them because they had figured out how to how to duplicate them, and I said yes out of my own will. So I'm not trying to say that I was forced into it. Um, I, I willingly accept. I just genuinely did not feel like I was doing something that was going to get me in a lot of trouble. Whereas the AHK, I absolutely knew what I was doing would could get me into a fuckload of trouble. Um, now, is that naive of me? Yeah. Was it immature of me? Also, yeah. I just, uh, I should have avoided it completely. And it just added on to the, the layer of people thinking that all I can do is cheat in the video game. And, and that it's, it's something that I just am going to inherently do. Like there are, there are people who I get this like often who like will find me in game or come to my Twitch chat and be like, Oh, I can't wait two months until this account is banned that you're playing right now. Like, <laughs> Like, dude, I have never gotten an account perm banned ever. My AHK was a two-day macro minor, which is now expired. It's not even on my ban history. And then the the TOA stuff, I still feel a certain type of way about that. Um, but that's something that I'm going to have to deal with and I learned from. And it was a good wake-up call. I mean, I don't... I don't know why I thought that just because I knew I was going to tell the JMOTs about it and give them all the information that I knew that I would get away safe. That well, That's like not right of me to think that way. And that was a good kind of like slap in the face to me to realize that at the end of the day, I am just a player and I am going to get the same treatment that everyone else got. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, so let me let me just state this for the audience listening. Now, I have been permanently banned on one of my accounts. So I know the feeling of doing something wrong. I, I uh, auto-clicked Alex on my uh, first ever hardcore. Technically, it actually got unbanned four years later. So I actually have the account back. But uh, at the time, it was horrible. It was just, it was just horrible. It, and it was one night of it, you know, it's the same kind of thing with you where it's just like you, you make a mistake one night and you know what you're doing is wrong, but you're like, man, having to go through tens of thousands of Alex right now (laughs) sounds like misery. I know. And so you just do it. And you know, I had friends that were telling me, Oh, like do it. You know, like I've, I've, I've auto clicked to 99 magic multiple times. You know, I remember having a a friend in college literally telling me that and I'm like, Oh, okay, I'll I'll just do it. That this is back when I wasn't a streamer and I didn't really take the game as seriously, but um learning that definitely was like a very valuable lesson to me like the the feeling i felt of getting my account banned and knowing there's nothing i can do was like horrible um awful now i will say just to touch on the toa incident that whole thing just felt off to have permanently banned some people for it now i know i made a ramble on it just because it's easy clicks basically to talk about the drama that's going on um but it's like dude we we've had so many incidences in this game that clearly are bug abuse that we just decide as a community or as the jmod team that oh it's not that big of a deal 
One, for example, is safe spotting old wilderness bosses. Like, Yo. that is clearly bug abuse. Like, the, it's inconsistency. Inconsistency. Do you remember the Serb yeah, Red X? Where they, were, they banned people for the Serb Red X at Fact the start? Clouds was literally streaming himself being able to AFK Serb. There were, oh, that that was a whole different thing. Oh, that was like, another thing as well. Yeah, you're, you're right. It, there was two different times. Like the very first person to Red X Serb, like they, they got banned and like Jagus made like a a, 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 a a rule of them, not a rule of them, but a example of them. Mm -hmm. And then you're, what you're talking about is that AFK Serb thing where you could block it with an alt and yep. shoot it with a Tebow and never be in combat. Yep. It's just an insane level of inconsistency. Like that for me i well i had the pet but i knew about it at the time and i was like i am not going anywhere near that because you are just completely bypassing the boss mechanics um and when it comes to stuff like that like red xing in general right from the very start one of the first examples of red x that we saw was that serb and people got banned for it but now every iron man red x is in god wars dungeon when they go exactly. with a bofa so I don't I, I I hate the inconsistency behind it and I want to touch on like what you're going to ta start talking about is why some people got perm banned. I don't even know the answer to that. It's not preferential treatment. A lot of people just love to just spam in my face that like, "Oh, you got preferential treatment by not getting perm banned even though Seven, who is another content creator, did get perm banned." I still do not know and I don't think the jamas are ever going to tell us why they decided to perm some people and not perm other people. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was because they had a previous offense on their account or if it was based on the number of raids that they actually uh, did the, the the dupe invocation on. Yeah, um, That's something that I'll never know. But I don't think that it was just random why three people were banned and 97 people were only two-weeked. Yep. What are your thoughts? Do, do you think it was based on... I, uh offense history or? yeah I, I think that was it i think it was also you could probably see intent um i don't know what jagex can see on their end i'm assuming a lot and maybe even conversations of you know dms in game or whatever that are maybe yeah. showing your intent almost of like hey we're cheating let's do this like let's let's keep going let's abuse this as much as possible or i don't know what's happening but i think as long as my memory is straight, I'm pretty sure uh, Seven did have previous um, offenses on his account. Now, I don't know the other two people that were banned permanently, but mm -hmm. I do remember there was some incidences of Seven having been previously banned uh, just recently, like multiple, I think, like mutes and stuff. And so mm -hmm. I think that ended up being part of it. And I, also on that ramble that I had made, like, there has to now i understand like that maybe was not the incident to have permanently banned people because i bring it back to any other piece of content in the game the Cerberus bug um just like any sort of weird glitched mechanic even sepulcher i mean no monkey was literally streaming himself running through flame walls yep so where's the perm ban there? Where's the temp ban? Like, wh where is the... And I'm not trying to single out No Monkey. There's a lot of people that were doing it. And in fact, the Sepulchre high scores have still not been cleared. Not the high scores, but the little board of, I guess, high scores or whatever, like speed runs. Um, that whole board is completely fucked now because of that glitch. And it hasn't been reset yet. Nobody cares enough to have the JMods yeah. fix it. But like, that was a big impact and nobody got in trouble for it. Nobody yep. did I, that that I'm aware of. And it, it's the same thing with pet rates. Sometimes I swear they just spin a wheel and they just pick whatever outcome mm -hmm. 
shows up because there, there is no level of consistency or if if there is consistency in like whatever their determination on bands are i i think it'd be great for like people to know because it it's a scary thing um obviously we have like jagus has a qa team but i think it's very obvious that players do a lot of the quality assurance testing themselves <laughs> yeah. and it's a very fine line you have to balance on um with with kind of dipping your toes into that type of stuff because you know you never know one day if they're going to feel like just doing a two day or if they're going to feel like a perm on it so it's yeah. something that i know for a fact i'm never going to attempt again yep it's just not worth it but some of the time it's just really hard to know like you said like you in that moment of toa you were not thinking this is a big deal because you see problems all the time like bosses come out with a fucked drop rate that's insane you just want to abuse the hell out of it when new yep. content comes out the the average like player that plays this game a lot wants to abuse just you know the advantage of abusing like a broken drop table or a broken mechanic that's in the game and everyone knows about it, it, it it's almost like is this secret you know as soon as it's public then it's not a big deal nobody will get banned for it but if it's kind of like only a small group of people know and you're trying to keep it private that's when like the bans come it feels like it's weird that's how yep. the toa one felt because not many people knew about that no but if and everyone knows about it then nobody's gonna get in trouble it's it's it sounds stupid for me saying after getting banned but like i truly didn't think it was like that big of a thing um oh, at the time especially because it was still like scaled at that invocation level <laughs> yeah. right like i was sessioning 400s at the time but you could you could double up all the death invocations and you could make it a 450 and it was still fucking hard like it everything yeah. in that raid hit like it was 450 it was just the same invocations that we were running in 400 see that um, that was the big problem with the comment section that i saw is like people are now making up their own ideas of what this invocation really was People literally thought you were doing 700 raids at the difficulty of a zero invocation. Oh like, my God. That's literally what people were thinking because they're like, wow, you can just set up unlimited invocations. Like, dude, this is still a very no. tough raid. That's <laughs> still, yeah. it still has all the multipliers for all the bosses. Like, this is yeah. not that game breaking. Like, yes, it's clearly bug abuse, but like, <laughs> you still have to do the raid. Yeah. Like, Jesus. Um, yeah and this was like this was right after purple re-rolling remember the whole purple re-rolling oh, thing yeah. that was happening uh, yeah. that was something that thankfully i was out of town at the time but <laughs> i i still, that is something that i know for a fact i would never have touched yeah because that is like everyone very knows clear. very clear. that is very clear you are going to get fucked if you try to take advantage of that um and mm -hmm. i still find that weird that they didn't find any any people who actually abused that even though it was made to be such a big deal was there really nobody that got banned for that no they said they couldn't find like explicit proof of anyone abusing it holy shit that's nuts. but the, the weekend that it happened it was like the only thing that was talked about and yeah. prices prices were like plummeting because everyone was uh, panic selling thinking that people were just continuously like duping rerolls or not not duping uh re-rolling purples Wow. But yeah, no one no one got banned for that. That's interesting. The bans that they put out, I feel like are so inconsistent. They're, the level of consistency is insane. Like my, even though I used it for one night, the AHK that I used to clean herbs should have at least been a macro moderate. It should have been a two week. 
even though I only used it for a couple hours, because that like that script itself was broken, and I knew it was broken. Mm-hmm. It was literally cleaning an entire inventory of herbs in two ticks. Yeah, like the, just the the amount of actions that that thing was going through and how quick it was going through was insane. Yeah. By the way, but, I I do have to say there are points of this game that we need to relook like we need to revisit certain aspects of this game it's the same thing as like shift drop i remember you remember too back in the day where like it was literally people were screaming that that like the hlc was screaming that there was going to be a chance that we could shift drop things like it yeah. was too easy scape mm-hmm. like ideas like that it's like no this is good for the game cleaning yeah. herbs is like one of the stupidest activities in this game it's so pointless like it's just it's just a nuisance to do uh-huh. and we've all ingrained this idea of that no like you're evil for making it easier on yourself like dude there will literally come a time where you just instantly clean your herbs and you get full xp for it and just like in a click and uh-huh. nobody'll nobody'll think about it again and they'll just think it was really stupid that anybody ever got banned for it have you ever thought it was funny that six months after I got banned for cleaning herbs, that D Grimes spell came in the in the game? <laughs> dude, they made a auto herb cleaning spell six dude. months after I got banned for it. This is this is a problem. D Grime <laughs> is I don't know who the hell's making up these spells. I don't know who they're trying to please with it. Why don't you just make it full XP? Yeah. Why don't you just give full XP? Why don't you also get rid of the stupid delay so people can just actually clean their herbs quickly if they want to and do it in one spell cast? Like, mm-hmm. is that actually that game breaking? It, it's the same thing with like the automated uh, enchant jewelry. Really, you're going to make it like nine fucking ticks just to wait, like to enchant the next thing. Like, <laughs> it's like you're trying to teach us that, like, the J mods are trying to teach us that no, you need to like treat this game as a chore or else everything's going to be really inefficient. Yep. It's just weird. Like the way we, I know I'm not wording this correctly, but the way I've seen certain updates go where it's like, oh, you want the easy way? Okay, we're going to make it just fucking horrible basically for you. I don't know. The D Grime spell just annoys the hell out of me because you could have just literally made it full XP, no delay, and made they it a really do good that. spell. Uh, why yeah, don't they? Make make you use some runes for it. You have to be on the spell book, right? Yeah. Make it like rune cost, but just let it. No one actually wants to sit there doing that. So. <laughs> no, it's so so backwards, and nobody can talk about it. Like until all of a sudden it gets changed, and then everyone's like, "Oh yeah, that that should have been the case all the time." But like we some need. Some people are gonna whine. Some people are gonna whine like Easyscape too. But like, let's be honest. Like, it, is you cleaning your herbs quicker actually gonna make the game easier for an Iron Man? Like. Nah. Yeah, it's just like that's not actually going to change your you, you, the way you play the game. Exactly. It's silly. There's there's oh. really silly things in this game that we still need to like work out. But yeah, f- I I remember when I got banned, I just made the decision. I'm like, dude, I I can't even touch the line anymore because it, it's just you have you don't have control over when you're banned or not. Like you, you don't you don't own your account, you know what I mean? And losing it, there's nothing you can do at that point. So you might as well just like never even come mm-hmm. close to breaking the rules. What are your thoughts on services, especially when it's not explicitly said that this is against the rules? Now, I know they've said that services is against the rules if somebody else logging into your account and doing stuff, but it's yeah. such a goddamn gray line. Because people yeah. log into people's accounts all the time and do stuff. Yeah, it's... I don't even know how to like combat it. It's something that's always going to be an issue. The market's always going to be there. Um, 
You know, I honestly just don't think they're ever going to have enough time to like fully have control over it. I think they're going to do wipes every now and then. They'll do checks and ban people, but I don't think it's something that they're going to be monitoring forever just because that's like a lot of time to be looking into stuff like that. And the anti-cheat team, I feel like, is only like three people. Um, what are my thoughts on it, though? Mm-hmm. I, I I wish it wasn't in the game. Obviously, who 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 would who would wish that type of stuff is in the game? But um, services like it, it's gotten to the point now that login services are banned, but there's services for just about everything else that are not login, but you still don't do anything. And now with a 25 minute timer, you can literally just on most of these just AFK and go do something else and just make sure you're logged in your own account while a team does it for you. Yep. Um, I don't know. It's it's just it's weird. I wish it wasn't in the game, but I feel like there's never going to be a period where they're actually able to combat it. Like the with with clients specifically as well. Like supposedly clients are back in the game now. I'm hearing a lot of whispers, a lot of people talking about how um, clients are back and they are gross, grosser than ever. I mean, there's a Twitch stream that was botting their viewership, showcasing all the plugins that were on a client that you could buy. Would I ever like? I for I would never suggest anyone to buy these clients. By the way, um, the likelihood that you get scammed or that your details get sent somewhere is insanely high. Yeah. But it's just the fact that like e- even clients, they found a way to combat it, and within months. Um, people have found a way around it. Mm-hmm. It's it's a hard thing. Like Parsec Capes, dude, I remember when, when Capes used to be such, like everyone was, you better not buy your Cape. Don't you dare do it. Like you got to deserve your own Cape. And now I just, I, I feel like the amount of people who have bought an Inferno Capes is at such a high number and that most people just don't care anymore. Like one of my good friends, um, I mean, I'm obviously not going to say his name, but like he makes a full-time living selling capes and um, he supports himself fully and he's going back to school and he funds everything by selling fucking Inferno capes <laughs> on Parsec, which is just like insane to me. It's, it's insane to me that there's, oh that there's that many people that still buy it. Yep. yep. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't even know who they, they are. They're probably people who like work full-time jobs, have like a, a bit of spare cash and just don't want to invest the time into learning and they would rather just like have the item. But oh, 100%. It, like it, you, you got to just remember how many little Timmies are playing this game. And little Timmies, I mean, just like people that don't take the game terribly seriously and really just want to flex. Like it, RuneScape yeah. is such a game about flexing and just having cool items and I think we like, forget how mu- how many people just don't have time to. They, yeah. they probably do have time to get better at the game, but they just don't want to invest it. And they actually have like very busy lives. Maybe I'm not one of those people that like care about that either. Yeah. Like there are genuinely like I call them RuneScape janitors. Like there are RuneScape janitors in the game who, if they find out you'll buy a cape, they'll like shun you forever. And <laughs> if they ever see you in public, they'll like flame you. Like I don't. I just like play this game. Everyone's playing this game to enjoy themselves and the way they want to enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. how I see it, if someone buys a cape, first of all, they're insanely expensive. I, I don't know. I, I could never justify spending $200 on a plus two strength bonus, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Plus four. Um, is it plus four over fire cape? Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. I'm, it's pretty, it's, okay that's a you. fucking massive that's, increase when you think yeah, about it. Yeah, that's but, half yeah. a B ring, but yeah. 
Um, I, it doesn't, it does it doesn't, I'm not going to think twice if I know that a person spent money to buy an Inferno cape. Like it, mm-hmm. if it doesn't affect me, I, I don't give a fuck how you play the game. Yep. So that's kind of my take on like, I don't know, parsing capes and it's services. I wish services would go sooner. Yeah. Services is, I don't, services, it, there's all, it's also just such a big like money feed. Like the people who work in services have so, they make so much GP oh, that it is an insane that people, people still like give into that. Well, but then again, it's... I feel like you can blame Jagex. The, the eight man TOA time mm-hmm. is probably services most like successfully sold item because the average person is not going to be able to find seven people to yeah, gear up no and way. actually want to do this with them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, uh, full disclosure, I'm probably gonna hire a seven man team to come carry me with the eight man top. I still haven't done it yet. There's no fucking way I'm just gonna find seven random people that are good enough to do it and one because I don't want to spend all day practicing and getting off. Like I just want to get it done, you know. Uh huh. So now I don't consider that services exactly because nobody's logging into my account. I still I find that like the most respectable form of service where it's like okay people are wanting to make gp let's form a good seven-man team where we can help people with this ca task i don't see that as bad at all i still see it kind of being devalued like obviously it's like a free task at that point because i can just go with a team that knows what they're (laughs) doing and just it was the same thing with my cms i i just went with lucid dreams team yeah i'm just like yeah i'm I'm sorry i'm not going to spend a week on this trying to find a good team to be consistently running this and eventually get it maybe yeah it's just not worth my time or energy and i don't consider that fun and nobody's logging into my account to do it i still have to do it but yeah no login services are definitely way more sketch i'm glad those are considered bannable offense now i don't know how often they're monitored but i'm definitely happier that that is like really not allowed now yeah that that's the biggest thing is like people logging into people account sharing i've had very strong opinions on this at one point i think just because just time passes and you just stop giving a fuck like i just don't have enough brain capacity to care about certain things anymore but i used to really care about um you know people cheating and uh one of the things that kind of irked me as well was this idea of what was it it was something on uh, it was something along the lines of clue scroll uh competition now like imagine somebody started like competing for all pets i'm just going to bring up an example of you like if somebody started competing for all pets and now they're doing like some crazy service or something for it and it's not bannable but they're just getting a huge advantage over you even though oh this this is what i wanted to bring up i know i'm going all over the place right now but it's the similar idea to alfie when he was trying to compete for the world's first max cape on a group iron man and then he has a dude that's competing with him who's who he's not cheating, but the members of his team are cheating to benefit him. Yeah. And then he ended up getting the max cape before Alfie. But you know what? Nobody gave a fuck because group Iron Man wasn't that big of a deal, you know? So yeah. so now you have Alfie and a few select others that actually really, really care about the integrity of this mode. And now you've just completely fucked it over because you're not going to ban a guy that was having his team cheat. 
Now, I don't know the full situation, and I don't have any hatred toward anybody that's cheating. In Rune it's fucking RuneScape at the end of the day. But it still is really sad that Alfie kind of got scammed out of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no, he, he definitely did. And it's the same way I look at clue scrolls. Nobody cares about clue scroll ranks. I'm going to tell you that right now. I do. <laughs> I care about them, but no, and I understand nobody else gives a fuck. So if somebody started just randomly account sharing, this is back when people were talking about account sharing not being a big deal. Like, why do you care if somebody account shares? Like, uh, because of the competition? I don't know. That's probably a big yeah. reason. It's it's like if somebody started account sharing on an Iron Man and killing jellies 24-7 logged in. Where they're account sharing, but you know, because the Jagex's gray rule is well, if you're not competing, it's okay to account share. You can do whatever you want, but it's mm -hmm. competing in my eyes. You're competing for clue scrolls now. If they, if you just had a new Iron Man just shoot up to twenty thousand hard clues overnight and they don't get banned, I'm gonna be fucking pissed. I am yeah. going to be pissed. Nobody else is. Nobody gives a fuck. But that is where account sharing just gets really scary. It's just like you need to take action. Like you need to ban this person if they're competing in any form that's why i just think account sharing in general should just not be allowed and it isn't allowed technically in their game rules but they just are so lenient on it because i bet it's just such a goddamn hassle to keep track of well if it was bannable every pk would be fucking banned by now but <sighs> well, yeah. yeah i'm i'm really worried and you being way more of a skiller than i am uh like who do you who do you think is gonna be the first person to turn them all because i'll tell you right now it's going to be someone who's account sharing using parsec they're, they're, they're going to be on the same IP, mm -hmm. so they can't get banned, and you can never prove Parsec. I yep. guarantee you, without a doubt, first person to get 200 mil all okay. is going to be an account share. Let, let me actually take a step back on that. Uh, is there no way to find out? Because I feel like when you are competing for rank ones on a new skill, I first of all, I think Jagex is going to be heavily monitoring it. Um, now they're not going to be monitor monitoring the people that are like rank 200 getting it. They don't give if they were account sharing, who cares? But the people that are going to get the top 10, they're going to mm -hmm. be monitoring. And I think even if Parsec appears as though you're on the same computer, don't can't don't they have some sort of software that can just detect clicks and detect how you move your mouse and detect like okay, this is clearly a different goddamn person on the computer. I'd hope so. I have no idea. I'd like, hope so though. Like, like there has to be a way to do that because. Are the the thing is okay? Are they going to put that much effort into it? I think for the I think for top page they will. Um, I hope they do. They, they'll wait really until hope. they get two hundred mil all, you know, and then they'll review it and then they'll ban people that they <laughs> see it, suspect. That, wait, that's what I like imagine. Grind for months on end and <laughs> probably lose a shit ton of sleep and then be like, yeah, you were definitely cheating, bud. Who do you think will know. actually get it though? Okay, let's just imagine cheating's out of the out of the question. So. Who do you think has the biggest potential to hit rank one? Uh, I'm thinking maybe Vior. Vior or Bailey, but Bailey's works full time. He'll quit, Vior his, also job. He'll quit his job. For the I'm, time dude, being. I would love to see a brawl between Bailey and Vior. Those two skillers are fucking nuts. They are. They really but, are. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of good skillers up there now. Where Where do you think Hey know. Jace is going to be placed? Um. Chase says that he's not going to go hard, but you have to go hard. I, I understand. I understand. They're like, hey, Jace is more of a long term. He, yeah, he, he's, he's in consistent. it for the long game. Yep. He's very consistent. I, I think he's going to be uh, higher than five, but less than 10. Okay. Just because of consistency. Yep. 
he's not like he definitely and he'll even says he's not like a sweaty skiller by any means like yeah you and bailey are like the epitome of like fucking sweaty skillers mm -hmm. but um he, he's he's just so fucking damn consistent uh and it's nice that this is his job now so he can't do it if a new skill comes out i don't see jay's putting any less than like 12 hours a day like consistently until he gets it to yeah. finish it yep i think higher than five less than 10 but the people who are saying he's gonna be the first you like they're you're capping now, do you think Link's Titan is going to come back? No, I want him to, though. Me too. I don't think he will I would, either. I would love it so much. Just be like, surprise, motherfucker. It's like <laughs> Link's Titan is logged back in, baby. But no, I, I think he's toasted. Yeah. I don't think he's ever coming back. I, I agree with that. I don't think so either. Um, I'm very excited, though. I think the new... You know what? Also, they said they don't want it to be a viable skill. I'm secretly really rooting for iron higer to get some top place um yeah even we'll on non-viable though alts play a role yeah, you know that yeah he's he's so. he's gonna be at a severe disadvantage yeah even if it's not a viable alts and main grind. accounts will he can he can sweat his ass off for i mean oh. he got that 50 mil agility month like what the fuck dude <laughs> you know? yeah like he can go fucking hard for a month easily too he, he makes Every, it seem like a breeze Every leagues that he touches as well, I, he's like still skilling on his main the whole time, and he's just like always just dominating in leagues. And, and not let only me can he grind his game knowledge is so good. That that is the biggest key factor is he comes up with methods, and even though yeah. he's an Iron Man and his methods will be different than mains, he is such a fucking genius. Like he'll come out with brand new methods all the time, even at competing. I mean, he was the first Iron Man, only Iron Man right now to have two hundred mil all, and he was inventing methods and making posting videos on it like he's not just a follower he invents the meta and then does it so who knows with the new skill if they if they become very secretive of how to train the skill which i doubt they will but if they do and there's some secret methods like iron higer will be the first to find it he'll keep it secret and he'll sweat his oh like he'll put his blood that. sweat and tears into it and he'll they'll do it i bet you there's going to be a lot of like skilling secret stuff kept Oh, yeah. uh, in regards to that you know how the hlc is dude yeah. supposedly they wouldn't like me talking about this but supposedly there's new tech for 1.5 tactics that's like only a couple months old really like nothing serious tech, right nothing insane but like average like 10k uh 10k like woodcutting xp more per hour on average hmm. and it is like uh, kept on super super like uh wraps right now Interesting. um i don't know the person the only thing i do know about it is well I, I was kind of explained how it works but i'm not a skiller and it's also not my place to talk about it but the person who just took the six hour enjoys he was one of the people who was in the lab like really cranking out the the new method and he just took the six hour um so i, I know for a fact he knows it i think he was either the person who invented it or the person who helped invent it but it's it's like a a micro 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 adjustment to 1.5 tactics yep that um that will get you like 10k xp more per hour and That's i hope i'm accurate on that no, you're probably right because uh, there. It always seemed uh, like 1.5 tick ticks for those that are listening uh, that maybe don't know about the method. It is very advanced, as in there is. You have to plan out where the trees are going to respawn, and I believe what I'm imagining right now, if there is a micro thing that can help speed up rates slightly, it must be sort of counting uh how many logs you get from a tree i have no fucking idea i'm just yeah. it must be something like okay i've chopped this many so far 
the odds of it despawning at this point are like higher than i don't know i feel like there almost has to be like a number displayed on the screen that that's going to help you with that instead of you manually keeping track of it in your mind but that has to be the only thing that can speed it up is just almost leaving a tree alone just in case I don't it know. deals with the respawn tick of a tree and the respawn tick of a tree is not the same every time Mm. And I won't say anything after that. Okay. Interesting. It is not my place at all. But it it's it's like very micro. But it adjusts your pathing um between trees and um it actually has like a decent long term effect. Interesting. Which a new six hour was spawned because of it. Yeah. So it shouldn't yeah, be surprising. Yeah. That's cool. I, I love hearing about like new stuff that's coming out in the current year. Like what the hell? It, it just seems yeah, like we've discovered everything. You know what I mean? The skillers are nerds, but this all dawned from the fact of like uh, methods kept secret. Like that is something that it, they're absolutely not trying to make it public right now. Mm -hmm. I think what I leaked is definitely not enough for people to like really crack it out and figure it. But um, it, methods will absolutely be kept secret on release for the new skill, uh, specifically given that it's going to be like a 200 mil race. Yeah, dude, that's going to be just hella exciting to watch. There's going to be a lot of skilling streams. Uh, and that I bet you're excited for that. I am excited about it. I, deep down, even though I was, uh, I'm just getting out of a burnout over like the past few months um, where I just stopped, I don't know, caring as much about certain things in RuneScape. Now I'm starting to get that motivation back and stuff. So it's all kind of coming back. But oh yeah, there was times I was, even though I wasn't a very competitive skiller myself, watching it, like knowing, even though a lot of them, a lot of the people I think of when I think of competitive skilling are just like the biggest weirdos on earth. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I, I still respect, ironically, the grind that they do because I know it is just like a mental battle a lot of the time of going for like insane skilling goals. And I think just watching that unfold like watching somebody dedicate their lives to a video game and going hard on it it's just really fascinating to watch and it's really fun especially when they're good at it yeah um, no i yeah. i agree with that I enjoy it's it. cool to see like that level of passion even if yeah. it's something that you're not passionate about it's just it's really interesting to look at someone else's passion and see how dedicated they are um it, it's, it is cool just like you said i, I gotta also compliment you because i actually see that in a in a healthier way with what you do like you you truly love the game and you're you make it very known like you're passionate about it whenever i pop into your stream it's like there's there's some sort of game talk that's being talked about where that's believe it or not that's becoming more rare on twitch mm -hmm. um a lot of streamers uh, i've had this conversation with a few people like twitch used to be truly a gaming platform it was gaming not just like oh, hey, this is a new way I can make money and I can just talk to people and just have fun. Even though that's still cool, it's all fun and games, but it, it I don't know, it, it used to be a lot more of a gamer platform and I love when people still kind of treat it like that where it's like, this is, like, I'm, I'm playing a game and I'm going to take it seriously and I'm going to, you know, yeah. game theory talk. and stuff. It's just fun. I like that. Imagine if sports, you know, you start watching sports and then everyone's kind of stops treating sports and like oh it's just a goddamn game nobody cares like no you want yeah. you want people to be passionate about it and care about it and just be obsessed with it that's what makes oh, it fun yeah. 
I get so. shit on sometimes for my opinions, but I'm very opinionated. <laughs> I love to talk about the game and talk about my thoughts about the game. And it, it, I'm glad you see that it comes down from passion because it does. Yeah. But a lot of people give me shit for, they say I'm always complaining, but I'm usually just like always giving my feedback and my opinion and where I want to see the game. And I, I still think that all comes down from the fact that we all get a vote, right? Now that we all, like, ever since we've all realized we get a vote in the game on what updates come in, I feel like everyone has been more opinionated. And um, I am definitely one of those people. I will talk about what I like, what I don't like. Um, very straightforward. I love it. And you're also pretty open-minded. Like, you're not completely set in your ways. You're you're willing to open your mind about certain things. So Yeah. All right. Uh, the Cranky Squid asks, what are your thoughts on the recent direction Jagex has gone to reward transmogs for pets as a reward for achievement versus looting hard modes? Also, what are your thoughts on the variance in variety plus quality for recolors slash transmogs for skilling pets? Um, yeah, right, I let's guess. Start, yeah. Yeah. Let's do the first one. So... Um... I'm going to repeat it. Let me know if I missed anything. So it, he's he's asking, um, what are my thoughts on having to do like specific stuff and getting a guaranteed transmog instead of being like CMs where a metamorphic dust is insanely rare? Is that exactly? It's like the fang kit where it's a guaranteed versus RNG. I'm actually not really that into transmogs um, personally. I'm okay with having transmogs for like raids level stuff because raids ha usually have high skill gaps. So having transmogs for the upper skill gap of that content, I'm okay with. But um, I, I don't know. I, I've never really been the biggest fan of let's add a different colors for every single pet in the game. And let's add a new piece of content that gives a transmog. Like with forestry, we're supposed to be getting a beaver transmog. Mm -hmm. I, that just doesn't really mean anything to me. I, I don't know. I'm not like, I would literally probably vote no for that if it was on a poll, just because I just don't care. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'll get the transmog because uh, I have all transmogs on my main account, but it it's not something that I really care about or I get excited for. Yeah. But for transmogs specifically, I'm, I, I'm, it makes sense for me to have raids, transmogs, everything else, not really. And in the sense of, would I want it to be guaranteed drop rate? It works for TOA because there's invocations, but I don't know how that would work for hard mode Tob or Cox. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't really think I have an answer for that. TOA it works because they can just be like, okay, add every single hard invocation here. But what would it be? Just complete one CM and mm -hmm. you get metamorphic dust. Like that yeah, doesn't that'd be weird. That'd be really weird. So what about uh, transmogs where it comes to like skilling pets? Like I know Rocky, it's a literally just feed him a berry. And yeah. with the dark squirrel, you have to do uh, multiple hours of, I don't know how many hours, a lot of hours of sepulcher to get that acorn. I think it's like 20. Yeah, if I'm something like right. That. Something like that. But I don't know. I, I'll Is that do fine them. for them to just kind of do whatever they want? Or do you wish there was more of a system in place for that? I wish there wasn't any transmogs on the skilling pets. I'm actually, I'm an old motherfucker. I voted no. I remember the skilling pet. I remember the skilling pet poll. I voted no on the skilling pet poll because wow. I didn't want to see skilling pets in the game um, at the time. This was probably back in 2017, maybe even earlier. I can't remember. But um, I, I vividly remember the skilling pet poll and I voted no for it. So I'm not anti-skilling pets, but 
I liked the era of RuneScape when it was only boss pets and BA pet, which BA pet, in my opinion, is a um, a lenience. I'll, I'll put that push that one to the side because BA, whether people want to admit it or not, is the most complex minigame we will ever get. It has the most depth out of any minigame we'll ever get, and it is better than most PVM updates. BA is fantastic. The only reason why people don't like it is because they've never tried it. And they've never tried to actually learn the metas. Um, even though BA is currently broken and Jagex refuses to fix it, <laughs> even though it's been six months. Um, BA community is insane. Shout out CBA. Um, shout out also the, the the Leech clans. There's a lot of really cool people in there. Uh, a lot of really nice people in there who will help teach you like how to proper do BA. But BA is a fantastic minigame. And I would have rather seen pet hunting go down the route of only boss pets with the exception of BA. So mm. I'm I'm just kind of anti-skilling pets in general. But when it comes to transmogs and skilling pets, I don't know. I'd rather just not see them. And if I if it, if I would see them, I'd rather be something simple like um more like beaver than than rocky. Or sorry, more like beaver than squirrel. If rocky anything, than squirrel? Like like the berries. Like oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. more like Rocky than Squirrel. Um, with yeah. Squirrel, it's like twenty hours, and then with uh, Guardians of the Rift, I don't know how long that one is, but that one's also pretty Ooh, long. Yeah, that one, that one is brutal. I don't know. It it all goes down to inconsistency, doesn't it? Yep. With bands, with every update they gave, I feel like there's just there is not really much consistency when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what they can do about it. Cause like at this point it's just already too late. So it just feels like a big ass. I don't know. Just, yeah. just kind of do whatever you want. Every update's just completely different. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. funny to say that. So one thing that will always stick with me from fat clouds. I love the guy, by the way, <laughs> will always stick with me is I was having a conversation with fat clouds right when he was hitting his burnout phase. Yeah. And, um, I, I was complaining. He asked me what I thought about an update. And I was kind of like complaining about it saying, eh, I don't really like it too much. And he's like, you know what? The biggest thing I realized is that we can be opinionated. We can say how much we want, but at the end of the day, the majority is going to vote. The majority is going to vote what comes in the game and there's not much we can do about it. So we just ride the waves, play the game, how we enjoy and try not to think about like the small, weird, annoying things like, yeah. uh, like the inconsistency and in transmogs. Like that's something that I'm never going to have an actual impact on. So I try not to think about it too much. That's that's wisdom right there. Fat Clouds, you know, had had some wisdom in in him. He and, did. Uh, yeah, that that's definitely one of the things that you just ha you have to under. If you're gonna take this game seriously in any way, you have to understand that you have to ride the wave. Yep. Um. Yeah. And it's, yeah, or else you're just gonna start hating your life and being super just angry miserable. And yeah, <laughs> miserable. Interesting. Um. What was the other thing? He, oh, he asked about... Oh, yeah, yeah, that was pretty much it. So, okay. Uh, I had something else to add on that, but I think I've lost it. It might come back to me in a second. But Okay. So, let's see. I'm trying to find a topic here. Okay. He... This guy, uh, Sam's got quite a few topics, but I'm... I'm reading one in particular it is what is your favorite part of streaming as a job um my favorite part of streaming as a job it, it, ooh, 
There's a lot. And I feel like you'd relate to this. So, or every streamer should relate to it at some point, but streaming has been like a comfort way for me to kind of get away from like my real life, escape my responsibilities and really just like talk to a chat, talk to a lot of different people, play video games, not have to think about what's stressing me out. Um, my community specifically has been through a lot with me regarding, you know, some bands and my time before bandana, my time after bandana, my time playing Malfoy, my time, dude, there was, oh my gosh, when I moved from playing Malfoy, a main account, my community at the time was like very anti Iron Man. They like fucking hated Iron Man. And sometimes, you know, people say fuck Iron Man as a joke. I do say it as a joke because I actually like Iron Man. But there was like, <laughs> dude, there, there were a lot of really active community members who stopped watching my stream when I uh, went from a main account to an Iron Man account. So um, that, like, th that alone. Where was I going with this? I rambling. It was so about hard. your favorite part of streaming as a job, so I don't know how it's going to tie in. I'm, I'm waiting for the punchline. <laughs> I'm not sure either, because now I'm kind of like shit talking my community, <laughs> saying that there were definitely people who left during me playing Iron. But I think it was more so the thing that like my community has been through it all with me. The people yeah. who've like stuck around have seen a lot of different phases in my life. I've not been streaming for five years, so they saw me when I was. 21 and streaming and now i'm 26 and there's a pretty big age gap a lot of maturity throughout those days wow um, that is nuts i would 20, wait I would you were wait, wait sorry you said you were 21 21 when i started, when I started. wow yeah. wow not 26 finishing up i actually no i was probably 20 no because way. yeah because i wasn't done with my senior year yet or no i i started my junior year summer before senior year and i when was when I turned, I, I turned, you yeah, know, I turned 21 in the middle of my senior year, I think, right? I can't remember. Mm. Anyways, they, they saw me from when I was like 20 to now or That's 21 nice. to now. So they've seen me through a lot. I, I would probably say my favorite part of streaming is my community. And I fall back on them a lot for a lot of different things. They, um, they really have been there through like thick and thin and them providing that place for me. I feel like this is something that's not talked about a lot is um, streamers like thank us for having a community for them to be distracted and for them to get away. But what they don't realize is that us streaming is just as equal as a distraction. Like we also have stuff going on in the background yeah. and in our personal lives that we want to escape from. And like having a community, having a group of people and having a stream to use that as an escape is, is something that I will forever be grateful for. So that's my favorite part of streaming. That's a great answer. Yeah, no, truly, especially when you just actually take a step back and realize how long you've been doing it and just like how long yeah. a lot of those guys have been there since the beginning, you know? Yeah. And they're still there. That's pretty nuts. Okay. Um, this is sort of an interesting question, kind of going back to the bandana, but uh, I don't think this specifically was really asked. How has your content and approach to streaming changed over the years? In other words, what made you stop wearing the bandana? So I'm not that that second part of the question is kind of the irrelevant part, but I want to ask: Was there something also that taking off the bandana meant like you wanted to kind of change how you approach streaming and how you want to appear? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I I was a hundred percent a kid when I first started streaming, and um, I feel like now at this age, I definitely want to like 
make it seem I'm not saying it's a lot more mature in my chat room right now. And my chat sometimes goes down these wormholes of talking about the most outrageous shit, but um I, I want it to, you know, look more professional and um that's kind of, that was one of the big reasons why I want to take the bandana off and I changed my background from tapest space tapestries to I mean now it just looks like a normal fucking bedroom. And um that that was kind of my my reasoning on doing that because I wanted to make it seem a bit more professional, mm-hmm. and I wanted to like just upgrade it a little bit, you know, level it up. Yeah, I was gonna. Add, this is back when I had mentioned mushrooms, but I was I was very curious because I felt like a change that drastic. Now I don't know what was going through your head during all that time of like wearing a bandana. It, it sounded like you had kind of always been looking for an opportunity to take it off. It was just like hard to find that. Um, because that would definitely be something that would happen to me on like a trip, just like some crazy trip that just tells me like, Hey, you got to like change things up. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's sort of how my whole, like, like, honestly, like one of the trips told me to move. Like I, I, like I needed to get out of like where I was currently. And I felt like in the environment switch and everything was what I really mm-hmm. needed. And that gave me like focus on it. And I'm like, okay, I need to change my it wasn't a trip that told me that but it was covid that told me that i was mm. i moved across the country right at the end of covid and covid made me realize that i wanted to get the hell out of where i grew up mm. yep 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 that's so interesting it's cool though getting a new like fresh environment and yeah i don't know okay i think i'm gonna be moving again in four months and i don't even know where i'm moving and i'm excited for it really like you so you've right. already set your mind that you're moving but you don't know where no i have no idea but i'm moving in four months holy it shit. could be anywhere Dude, i have no idea she come to oregon i'll go wherever it takes me <laughs> <laughs> that's cool that's exciting uh oregon is an interesting state i've i've definitely thought about oregon before Dude, oregon's fucking beautiful i lo- yeah. i miss it here so like i always I, I grew up in oregon so i completely was taking it for granted for forever mm-hmm. But yeah, coming back, I'm like, dude, I fucking miss this place. It's just, yeah, yeah, it's gorgeous. Pacific Northwest is just beautiful. It um, really is. Okay, so local joint asks, what are you doing outside of streaming to stay healthy, both mentally and physically? Are there any activities that you've gotten into since moving out west? Um, I actually just in the last month, I finally returned to the gym. I've been wanting to do that forever. Uh, last time I've actually been inside of a gym was high school. I've always been a runner and um, that's always been like my way of exercising uh, outside of the house is just running outside. Um, I ran a lot in high school and college, but um, I finally am getting back into the gym and uh, weightlifting and that has helped my mental so much. Um, here in Salt Lake City, hiking is insane as well. We live like 15 minutes away from the Wasatch Mountains, which has hundreds of trails all over it. So that has also been kind of like a hobby of mine. And other than that, I guess I can say like a hobby would be the YouTube side now, since that's been doing a lot of that off stream. But I've uh, I've always been like into reading and I don't really know what I, like when I decide to read like this most. So when the first Dune movie came out, uh, which was, I think, two years ago now. I was obsessed with the movie, and I had a lot of questions about it. So I uh, I bought the first book, and uh, I spoiled everything that's going to happen in the second movie for me. <laughs> but I'm happy about it. Like that's I kind of just like reading is definitely a hobby of mine, but it's always on a whim. 
Um, and I, I just did the same thing with um, House of the Dragons. Mm. Uh, did you watch House of the Dragons? I haven't. I think I just got so pissed okay. off at Game of Thrones that that's understandable it's hard for me to just accept okay i'm going into this again god damn it yeah I, so I i've heard really great things on it though my brother watches it yeah i watched house of dragons loved it but i had a lot of fucking questions i was like do i want to wait two years for the next season <laughs> hell no so i bought fire and blood and i read i'm only like 50 pages i'm like three-fourths at least three-fourths of the way through fire and blood right now um, I, I know a lot of what's going to happen in the in the future seasons, but I'm like happier about it because one, I don't think that a TV show or a movie is ever going to capture everything in the books just because books are so dense. There's always so much more detail in them. So I am very happy to like spoil a movie series for myself by like reading the book. So that's kind of like another one of my off stream hobbies that I've enjoyed. Fireblood was a fantastic book. I want to go back and read. Um, there's six Dune books in uh, the uh, the author's series and i've only read the first one which the first one's just going to be the first movie and the second movie mm. um i, I want to go back and read the five other books that i've not Holy and shit. um that's kind of what is on my agenda whenever i get around to it yeah that's i'm definitely uh i i enjoy reading i definitely enjoy audiobooks a lot more now because i can just do other things and listen um but I'm, mm -hmm. i've definitely been more non-fiction i I feel like I can't invest myself too much into fiction because I don't know. I just feel like I'm not getting as much out of it. I, th I think part of it is also, uh, I don't know, just this idea that I want to keep learning things that are like real, you know, like nonfiction, <laughs> but yeah. I, I, I'm too lazy to like currently return to school there, there i've actually been kind of thinking of returning to school just for my own sake not necessarily because i want to stop streaming that, that has nothing to do with it about like me wanting to it's just about like learning a new skill like learning stuff and i think when i went to school initially and dropped out i did not take it seriously at all i just i didn't even really want to be there it just wasn't the time but i felt obligated to so yeah. returning when I'm just a little bit more mature and realize I want to be there, I think I'll enjoy school a lot more. But that's something for the future that in the next couple of years I've been thinking of just returning well, and learning stuff. I absolutely wish I had your mindset because I really only uh, read fiction. <laughs> fiction is just so easy to like get wrapped up in it. That's so crazy because I can't get myself I used to be able to as a kid. I used to love reading fiction. And then I don't know what happened. I just can't do it anymore i think i've lost my imagination or something I mean, like that don't don't force yourself the other way because i think what you're saying reading nonfiction. i mean you're you're actually learning stuff like you're getting benefit especially if you're reading stuff that's like teaching you things yeah. so i definitely yeah. think you're on the better path i hope to get there someday Probably yeah no won't. matter what you read though it's still like reading comprehension you're still getting better and yeah you, mm -hmm. you don't need to look at it that way i look at it that way personally but like just reading for entertainment is fine totally awesome um by the way uh yeah speaking of like gym and like running and stuff i've been trying to get into running myself a lot more uh i actually was running pretty consistently through for like the past few months i've kind of gotten out of it mainly because the weather here has just been like super fucking rain even though i love oregon to death like the winter it just rains a lot it's yeah. I mean spring now, but like uh I want to get into running and I've been getting into calisthenics. So I want to hear like your uh 
I don't know. Have you been enjoying weightlifting? Is weightlifting something like you were just putting off or is it just something that's kind of like you just like, I would say kind of trying off, to get into? I'd say putting off. Absolutely. I mean, I even remember in college, I was like, I really want to start getting into it. I want to like tone my body up a little bit mm -hmm. and not just be a stick. Because I mean, like I said, all I've done is running. So I've always been lean, but I've never like actually had like muscle on me, I guess. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, so, that's like me too. I would say putting it off more than anything. And I'm starting like really slow right now. I'm really only doing three three days a week of weights and I'm doing it really simple, like just one day of like push exercise, one day of pull exercise and one leg day. And it leads, it's very easy to do. I'm not feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. Like a lot of part, like when people get into working out is they like try to be like, I'm gonna work out seven days a week one and a half hours a day yeah. and it like just burns them out so yeah. um taking it slow nice and easy i'm doing cardio on my days that i'm not doing weights which cardio i i like doing cardio it helps me clear my head yeah and um not think about stuff that i don't want to think about so i i'm really enjoying it so far progress has been good i'm happy mental health is good with it and um i wish i probably would have started earlier but it's better better now than never yeah I fucking love to hear that because that's what I'm I've been getting into like my little health phase over the past year and a half or so because I was like holy shit I need to like start moving again I was I know I was getting, I was getting chubby when I was streaming just uh, putting all my eggs into one basket just streaming streaming like stream sleep order food stream sleep order food like what the fuck Dude, is wrong with me <laughs> I feel like we all go through this mindset because streaming is such a thing that like we're conditioned to be told that the more hours you stream the more successful you're going to be the yes. better your channel is going to do the more you're going to grow so i feel like every streamer goes to this mindset of like i need to be make sure i'm streaming at all like times of the day i'm going to try to stream for what like 60 hours a week average which <laughs> it, it just yeah. it's not good health like on your health and also i genuinely feel like it kind of has like negative impacts on your channel like pe people just know you're live all the time instead of like actually looking forward to your streams yeah. So I feel like for me specifically, I don't know your case, but like setting like a schedule and like going live roughly the same time every day, um, it's, it's helped me out. And then like leaving afternoons to myself for actually like taking care of my body and eating well and getting IRL shit done. It's, uh, it's definitely helped me out with that. Now, one but, thing I've, one thing I'm definitely, uh, just like, I, I'm, I'm envious of how, how uh dedicated you've been to your stream over just like five years i mean it's been what like over five years now yeah. um just when i think of your streams it's like you have you have taken this very seriously way more seriously than i have i think uh the my whole burnout because i used to stream pretty consistently I, I never really was i never got to a point where i had a very consistent schedule which i'm still working on i'm still like Okay, I know this is good for me. This is good if I get a schedule down. It's just been so difficult for a bunch of reasons I'm not going to get into. But um, yeah, it's it's cool to see what can happen when you're very consistent. Curtis, you know, when I think of Curtis, he's like the most, absolute most just oh, consistent yeah. when it comes to streaming. But that really is what it takes. It's consistency, a set schedule, and don't overdo it. Like there's there's no need to stream 60 hours a week. Mm -hmm. In fact, there's so many other way more beneficial things you could do for your stream that doesn't involve streaming. As long yeah. as you're streaming a good, healthy amount of hours, 
and being consistent don't, don't overdo it like make sure you're having energy like when you're like if you're fucking deadbeat tired and you've already streamed for eight hours like don't feel the need to like stream again at night like come in with energy like be happy like be excited to stream and i feel like it usually just shows um i feel like the community can see it a lot better yep okay uh Bending time doesn't have any topics. He just says, no questions because I've known the guy for years. But I just wanted to say that I'm very proud of Malfoy or Coxie for finally letting yourself get interviewed on a safe cast. <laughs> I am regarding that. I know it was a question, but outside of streaming, and this is another, I keep talking about what people don't realize about streamers, which I hope they realize it now, but not like streamers are not all extroverts. There are 100% extroverts that are streamers. But I am so shy off stream. Um, in real life, I'm insanely shy. I don't, I don't know what it is. I wish I was more extroverted because I feel like it would make life so much more simple. But I definitely, um, I'm definitely timid in real life. And I am not like a big person on like social gatherings or Dude, like, I don't know. I've, I've never even been to like a TwitchCon or like a RuneFest because oh, I just... You- God, I'm terrified. Come. Dude, you should come to no, TwitchCon this year. I'm terrified. I you probably should, won't. You should come. <laughs> this is, this will be my first it. time too. Tr- trust me, dude. I've had like, I, I have social anxiety. I don't think it's as bad as I on, honestly make it up in my mind. I I, I think I literally sabotage myself. I, I start convincing myself I'm more socially anxious than I actually am. I've had plenty of great social interactions like as a kid growing up it's like as soon as i started streaming i started going down this mental pathway in my mind that like oh i'm very 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 introverted and i'm very socially anxious even though like i've lived my whole life up until that point pretty fine when it came to making friends and stuff it's just i think naturally i'm very introverted and that's like where my comfort is and i've decided to stay comfortable for years and years and it's ended up making me less happy um i can relate to that a ton yeah you know what i mean and so for my own health and happiness like even if i'm thinking to myself like uh this is gonna just be too much of a headache to go spend money fly out not really know what i'm doing at a social gathering not really i don't know just be unfamiliar trying to meet a bunch of new people just like the whole the, the whole thing of it is just so overwhelming, but I know it's good for me. And like, I need to do it for my own like sake. Cause going years and years and years without doing that, especially with a community that, that you know, cares about you and people mm-hmm. that know exactly what you're going through. Being a streamer is something like universal. It's like you like meeting up with other streamers that are streaming RuneScape that have been doing it for years is exactly the people you want to kind of meet up with and get to know more. So if you are feeling a little bit anxious about it, like, dude, I am too, but uh, I don't know. It'd be really cool to meet you in person and like to go to one of those things. It would be. I'll think about it. I'm not going to count it out, but I'm also not going to agree on it for Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I think th- there's even more advantage to like a TwitchCon and a RuneFest than just making like a social interaction. Like, it, I don't know, the people that go there, like when they get to meet you, it becomes a new level of like oh, this is a real person. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I th- Absolutely. I think it be beneficial. I'm, I'm not one to talk about it because I haven't done it yet. But this year is going to be the year I start actually doing stuff. And by the way, getting healthier and weightlifting on my own uh, has really helped me to like be more confident in going to these situations because, oh my God, like two yeah. years ago, 
would have been like, fuck oh, that. I'm not going. I, yeah. I I'm, definitely, not I'm not debuting myself right now. Anyway. So uh-huh. No, no, I, the, I agree with that hundred percent. I like doing that type of stuff, like working out, lifting makes me feel more confident yeah. than, uh, than I would have before. hundred percent. Okay. Uh, speak of the devil. Scotty asks, what are you, what was your dream job when you were growing up? <laughs> my uh so when i was a kid i wasn't like the normal kid i get shit for this all the time but i was not a kid that watched nickelodeon didn't watch spongebob i didn't watch disney channel i was that goddamn nerd that would watch animal planet and nat geo all damn day <laughs> um so my dream job was an astronomer um at first i thought i wanted to work with animals but then i quickly said no to that and probably like all throughout middle and high school i thought i wanted to like go into astronomy i didn't realize until college that one there's not like no market for that there's no money involved in that you can't really make a living off that unless you are really really well in that field um or unless you become a professor and you do your research and then you teach but i didn't want to teach so my dream job was probably just uh like astronomy i think space is super fascinating space is something that us as humans will never be able to fully understand. Um, and there's just so much unanswered stuff out there. Uh, there's so much stuff that we'll never know that interests me. And I wouldn't want to go into it to try to like figure out the stuff that we don't know. More so just to learn more about... I don't even learn, just learn more about like our solar system, like the, the planets around us and what could potentially be out there. I think my favorite mm-hmm. class that I ever took was a, um, I took a, a bio, a bio astronomy class. Was that, what is it called? I can't remember the exact name, but it was, it was literally like about, uh, the potential for life in, in our universe. Mm-hmm. And, um, that I think was like my favorite class I've ever taken the most eye-opening. And even though we don't have proof of life in our universe, the class was still like just so full of information and just cool shit out there. So, um, that's definitely what I wanted to do. And I'm still really passionate about space and really interested in it, but we took this route instead. Yeah, no, I think, uh, but you're still passionate about it, which is like the big thing. So, cause like you don't need to dedicate your entire life to it, to, you know, kind of keep up and just learn more about it casually. Cause I'm totally yeah. with you. The space is fucking fascinating. Just life in general on like the fact that we're living on a ball in the middle of space, like what the hell, <laughs> what's going on? It's just space is so big. Like I yeah. really, really like getting high and thinking about how bad, how, like how big it <laughs> yeah. is. Like, first of all, we don't even know our soul. Like we, we, we don't know our, our solar system. Like we, we know nothing about our solar system. We, we barely even know a lot about Earth. Like our oceans are just not – our oceans are mostly undiscovered. Mm-hmm. So let alone that. But our neighboring planets, we know nothing about. Our star, we know little about. I'm not going to say we know a lot about our star. We, we know about our star, but – and that's just our solar system. And there's just so, so many out there. So many stars and just like, dude – the closest galaxy to us is 2.5 million light years away. And we know there's millions Jesus of galaxies. Christ. Like it's just, space is so big that I, I could go down a wormhole right now and just talk about how big it is. And I would just have the biggest smile on my face talking about it. Cause it's just something that is super interesting. We are so meaningless and we're so small in the grand scheme of things. And something about it with my fucked up head makes me like enjoy thinking about how small and minimalistic we are as humans. 
But that's definitely like always been like my passion, kind of what I thought I was going to do growing up. Do you ever think about, um, I'm just curious only because like, I feel like we relate in like getting super blasted and thinking about deep shit like that. But uh, do you ever think about like free will and determinism in a way like that? I don't know, mainly because like you grew up uh, Catholic, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, so like I also grew up religious, I grew up Mormon, and uh, I was very much taught like everyone kind of has, it's not like they specifically say this, but it's kind of like everyone has an equal opportunity, almost like kind of like treating everyone as if everyone has the same brain, almost like, oh, you, you should all know what, you know, like quote unquote sin is and all this stuff. But the more I've gotten older, the more I've done some stuff. It, I, I tend to lean on the idea that illusion or that free will is an illusion, and that like everything has just already kind of been determined from the beginning. Do you have any thoughts oh. on that? Like, uh, or do you? Oh gosh, I, I don't know. I have not spent much time, much high time thinking about this. No, I think about this shit all the oh, time. Oh my lord! So and, are you asking? Do I think free will is an illusion? Yeah, that like yeah. everything is predetermined. Not like how we act not even necessarily predetermined. It, it all comes down to like the reason I'm doing this podcast right now, for example, just anything I'm doing currently right now is because of a prior thing that had happened. Like the only reason I'm doing this is because I had talked to you about doing the podcast. Why did I ask you to do the podcast? Because of this. Why did I do that? Because of that. Because of that. And it all comes down to like me being born. Like every single thing I've ever done is because of a prior thing that had happened and so you can trace that back all the way to the origins of life and to the origins of the universe like oh there's a cause yeah. and a reaction you know yeah yeah so, every decision is made off like cause and reaction exactly so, like I, every single thing is like a physical phenomenon so it's like you just and there, uh -huh. there has to be a reaction to it so i don't know i think i'm not a believer of like stuff happens just by like accident if that's what you're asking mm-hmm mm -hmm. No, no, no. I, 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 I don't think that's the case at all. And so I guess um, the the illusion of free will comes because even though it feels like we're making our own choices, technically, like we didn't even decide to be here on Earth. It's not like we willed it to be living right now. You know, like it was it was out of our control to even be born. It was mm -hmm. not our decision to be born. And if, if uh, you know, somebody is like religious and thinks that like God made us, um, no, no, we, no, no, we still like, e even if that was the thought process, we still didn't decide to be born by God. So yeah. where is our free will in that? You know what I mean? Anyway, so it's like this huge thing. I always think about it when I'm high. I'm like, <laughs> none of this makes any sense. And I also start thinking of like simulation theory a ton uh -huh. especially when you're think when you talk about space like the just the sheer just vastness of space like just impossible to even comprehend yeah like what no, the, it, it absolutely is the odds of us living living in a simulation like far is just like way more plausible than it would be for an actual universe to be here right now yeah i don't know i think really Dude. deeply about this stuff okay I, i'm nerd out just for a second so okay light speed right like the, the speed of light is the fastest that we know traveling exists right mm -hmm. that that's the speed of of our, our our like when the sun like let's say the sun fucking gave out we wouldn't that light we'd still have it for like i think it's like eight to nine minutes yeah however yep. long it is it might be eight to nine seconds i can't remember no it's minutes anyways, you're right 
distance. Okay, it doesn't matter. That's the fastest speed we know of. And we know there's millions of galaxies. And just the fact that like how far that actually is from our sun and that the, it only takes eight to nine minutes, the fact that light speed, the closest galaxy to us is 2.5 million light years away. So like light would have to travel for two and a half million <laughs> years just to reach the closest galaxy to us. And we know there's millions of galaxies out there. Yep. Like that is just so mind boggling that traveling at the fastest speed we can think of for two and a half million years <laughs> is just to get to our neighboring galaxy. Like yeah. I love, I love, I love all the unanswered questions about space. I, I love thinking about it. I love not knowing answers to it. And this isn't a dig at religion at all, but mm -hmm. I feel like religion, religion is important because not a lot of people like to think about that, right? People feel comfortable when they have answers. Um, a lot of people don't like to live with unanswered questions of like, what are our origins? Where did we come from? How did we evolve? What's happening out in there in the universe that we can't see? So like religion, and it's all different religions, give a comfortable answer to our origins. And I'm not religious anymore, and I'm not anti-religion at all. I know religion helps people, it still helps my parents. It gives them a comfortable answer of what is right and wrong, what are ethics, what how should they be bound to live? What should they, you know, uh, um, what determines their rights and wrongs and where did they come from? I, I know it's important for them, but I feel like as I've grown up, I've realized how much religion is. I don't want to say a coping mechanism because coping has a bad connotation, but religion is a way to make a comfortable answer for people, um, on, on, hard questions and a lot of those questions result back to like space and life mm -hmm. and what exactly are we and where are we going and what's gonna like affect us later down the line as the human species um that's okay that's the type of stuff that i like to think about all yeah the time. no i i'm completely with you and <laughs> this is still good we're still on topic right because we're talking about what did i want to do when i grew up and i said astronomy like that <laughs> this has always been with me ever since i was a kid i've always been like loving these questions and and asking them and i've been interested in the answers to them yeah no i'm i'm totally with you i think that it gives life a different uh feel when you when you like you know you do your daily life stuff you know you kind of stress out about streaming or you stress out about this or you're like oh i should be doing like all these things and then you just think like there is a universe that we're living in and like none of us know why the hell we're in it. Like just, you just mm -hmm. take a step back and like, what the fuck? And then like all of those, uh, fears and all of those like anxiety and just things that you're thinking about in everyday life kind of just wash away for a time. And it just feels like relieving to just realize that you don't know what the hell is going on. Nobody does. Yeah. Like it's, it's like almost, it's almost inspiring in a way. Because imagine, like, imagine we did know everything. Imagine we did know that our what our purpose is on Earth, and everyone has the same purpose. Like that would be the most depressing, like, reality of all time, to know yeah. that somebody's already decided it for you. Yeah, and now you I have agree. to do it. Like, what the fuck? Like, that doesn't sound that great, to be honest. I think the mystery is, and just, yeah, I think I think the mystery is the the beautiful part about life. I fully agree. Um, Scotty also asks, what are your biggest pet peeves? It's a very general topic. Maybe it could be like pet peeves of oh, gosh. viewers or <laughs> <Just> something. <laughs> 
One of my biggest pet peeves. When people recycle the same joke for fucking two years straight. <laughs> um, no, for real. I, uh, I don't know. I get like real life pet peeves. I'm in the house. I'm like a pretty clean person. Like mm. I, we talked a little bit about OCD potentially. I, I don't like to like self-diagnose myself and I don't like to talk about this type of stuff. Cause I know it's, it, it actually impacts people. Um, but I could see myself potentially having something because I'm the type of person that everything has a place and I am not a person who likes to live in, um, what's the term it's called like chaotic organization. Does, that's mm. not the term, but what people like when they have everything everywhere, but they know where it is and it's like organized to them. I am not that person. I, I am, I pretty like clean. So I would say like peeve outside of the game would probably just be. Like I'm not a dishes in the sink person. I hate that personally. Um, I would just say like cleanliness, like in in the house, is something that has always been a pet peeve of mine. You've always been that way. Yeah, always. That's so interesting because I feel like I'm more of that way a lot more now than I used to be. I, I used to be able to live like a complete fucking degenerate. Um, I realized it was effective. I I would probably have said at the time that it that I can just live that way. This is like early college where you mm -hmm. just have a bunch of roommates and you're all just gross and messy. And you just, just moved out of your parents' place. You know what I mean? And you're just yeah. kind of like doing your thing. I was fine, but I realized it was affecting me um, like mentally and just like my happiness in general, just living in filth is just not optimal whatsoever. And I think it just took yeah. me a few years to really realize like this is, yeah. I'm a lot happier when I'm just clean and, Organized. Living in the dorms, living in the dorms freshman year for me was hard because I I couldn't oh, I, I didn't have that control I, I couldn't control the the cleanliness of like my living space so yeah. that was really hard for me like I'm even like when I was younger I'm not a clothes on the ground type person like I I just I can't really it bothers me it it bothers me to like see clothes on the ground I know that's like a common thing for a lot of people but mm -hmm. that's just always how like my brains worked. That's such a good trait to have. I'm not gonna lie, but the, that's just that's good to be a person like that, rather than the opposite. So, yeah, it gets annoying though if the person isn't, because I'm I nag a lot. <laughs> I nag a lot if if the other person doesn't do what I like, and I'm bad on uh, um, compromise when it comes to that type of stuff. Mm, mm, I see. So it has its pluses, but it also definitely has its negatives. Okay, uh, Chase asks, any particular reason you don't find clogging desirable? I've heard this. Uh, I pop into your stream and you, I feel like you still have the same sentiment. Any any particular reason why? If I can't convince myself that something is possible, <laughs> I do not want to dedicate thousands of hours to it. I have no problem with people loving the hell out of call logging. I understand it's just a... So you see a green mark and you see the number go up and it makes them happy. But I, to me, I, I can't clog cause I can't vision myself ever completing it. Yeah. And that, that would bother me every day waking up doing it. Um, and that's just, that's just a simple answer. Uh, and another layer to that is that, um, call all came out so damn late yeah. for how long that we've been playing. Like uh, the people have been playing for since the start. I mean, I, it came out so damn late. I don't want to have to go back to stuff that I know I've completed just to like get a green check mark. Like, no, thank you. 
yeah. I know I've completed it. I don't need the game to tell me that I've completed it again. So that's another layer. But the most the most important thing is just the sense of um, I personally cannot motivate myself to do something every day that I know I will not complete. You also have to think that if it really is like an all or nothing kind of venture where you're just like, okay, I'm doing collection log because I want to complete it. Then you have to also keep in mind like, oh yeah, clue scrolls are 90% of this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you're not absolutely just thrilled about doing clue scrolls for 90% of your gameplay, um, yeah, I can see how collection logging could just be seen as total misery. Yeah. I mean, do you think that's a problem for, okay, let me ask you this. So I, now I understand your point on collection logging. I, I agree with the same things. I also don't think anybody will complete it. The only person that will get close, I think, is Hey Jace. Um, I think he'll be the rank one collection logger within a couple of years. Yeah. Because of his close scroll and just his consistency overall. I mean, just it's just an insane gamer. Yep. Um, but nobody will ever complete it because even if they complete what's available right now, which is 14, 43 slots... I mean, in five years from now, we're going to be at like 1,700 slots. Mm -hmm. And they're just going to keep adding stuff. Growing. Yeah. So, and those clues are just never going to go away. So when they keep adding stuff, you stop working on clues and that, it, yeah. It's, yeah. And they just come out with more like third age or second age or whatever the hell they come out with. That's just insanely just a huge grind. They have to go back to clue scrolls for. Just imagine that. Yeah. Um. So... Who do you think, though? Okay, so, well, let me just ask you, because I, I just said I don't think anybody will complete it. Do you think somebody will complete the collection log? Nope. Never. Um, Never. I, I don't even think for, like, a second. I, I have no hope. Zero hope. Or not zero. Not No hope. I hope someone completes it. I have zero confidence, sorry, yeah. that, that someone will complete it. It's just it's just too damn long. I mean, people... You brought up Hey Jace. People look at Hey Jace and they see like how much gilded and third age he has, and they're like, "Wow, he's so close." But then you realize that the third age pieces he has are the passive ones. Those are the ones that he is going to get on the way to the bigger ticket, like the Druidic, exactly. and the the tools, like the pickaxe and the axe and yep. uh, the weapons. Those are the ones that he needs to get really lucky on early, and uh, his luck with that actually isn't even that good. Yeah. Um, I think Marnie. In terms of call log completion, in terms of clue completion, I think Marnie's actually the closest person right now. Just because yeah. he has three or four of those like really big ticket Druidic and uh, tool, third age tool. Yeah. So Doesn't he have like a bow too and like a freaking yeah, he's yeah, he's two out of three uh, of the of the weapons and he has some Jesus of the tools. Christ, man. And he has his duplicate, he has two Druidic row bottoms. So he's yeah. got Jesus, he's got a lot. Man. Yeah, he probably is. I mean, that really is what it comes down to is like whoever has the best third age pieces is really the closest one to full collection. So I, I'm i with you. I think Marnie technically is the closest. It would be interesting to see somebody calc the amount of time it takes to get like each collection log item and then mm -hmm. just to see the percentage of how close you truly are in hours, like efficient hours, you know, to full collection log. Yeah. That'd be, that'd so be a pull. really neat number to see. You pull a druidic rope top and you just you just chopped off twenty five thousand hours. It's like yeah, it's like literally completing like you know, fifty bosses in instantaneously. Oh, no. <laughs> just yeah, boom. Like ten percent of the call log is completed with one druidic piece. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. 
Uh, but it, so Casey's number one right now. Did he pass Bazilogus? Oh, uh, they're they're bouncing back and forth. I don't really know where they are. I think he they are because Bazilius or Domas came into my stream the other day. Instead, <laughs> his that name I is literally Domas, by the way. For those wondering, that's not just yeah. He uh, he he was uh, angry. He said, "I can't keep up with a neat." So I'm gonna take that as he got passed. I don't know if he passed him mm-hmm. back though. Mm-hmm. He's literally blaming neats for passing. Isn't he like the biggest neat of all time? He probably like just got a job and now he's just. <laughs> Thinking, that's probably like, what it is yeah <laughs> i know he definitely used to be a neat yeah like there's, there's no way you cannot be a neat like okay maybe you're working five hours a week there's still a neat like uh, yeah you know. i mean i considered myself a neat i was working i was playing runescape that, that was my job but i'm yeah. no their, their race is cool to see i like watching the race but back to the question I, I would just would never want to compete yeah interesting okay um let's see Okay, here's an interesting topic. What do you think? This is from Sani. What do you think about the widespread belief that the HLC is condescending? Oh, the HLC is absolutely condescending. It is not a belief. <laughs> it is the truth. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, no. I, I, I think they're absolutely condescending. But I also, once again, am going to go back. I'm going to flip it on its head. Um, I think a lot of HLC is passionate. And I think that passion makes them show their opinions. And I think when people don't like their opinions, they say they're either whining or they're being elitist. And I hate that. I hate that so much that we're told our opinion matters. We're told our vote matters. But when we have an opinion or we have a vote that other people don't like, then we're elitist or we're condescending. So I, I agree with him. I, I There are absolutely are people who are always condescending and make remarks all the time that are just like dude just shut up but um i think it also goes down to the fact that other communities will call it that to shed a bad light when all we're doing is sharing our opinion like sometimes on updates i've I've shared my opinion on what i think about updates and people will be like why are you always so negative all the time i'm like i'm well i'm not i'm just this is how I think about the game. It's how I'm going to vote. And um, it's 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 my beliefs. And it's by no means am I ever trying to be condescending or like elitist when I give those answers. It's just um, we're, we're kind of told that our opinion matters. I mean, just on this most recent skill that they're pulling and they're asking us questions about, you know how many times in the Q&A or in the, the dev uh, Q&A that they said your opinion matters please vote on this poll I mean they keep shoving that statement down our throats mm-hmm. but then when we give our opinion some people don't like it and they call us an asshole for it so I don't it's a it's a hard subject to talk about I think it goes both ways um, I think there are some problematic people in the HLC 100% but I also think there's problematic people in the casual communities yeah that's really interesting because, okay, so what do you consider VHLC? Is it just people that have played the game for years? Because uh, I really oh, don't fuck. even know what HLC is. Even I don't even anymore. know what it means anymore either. It's just like I mean, back, people that are on Twitch a lot and play every yeah. game. Back in the day, like way back in the day, we used to be like HLC is people over a certain total level. But now with services and everything, it's like that's just not the case. Like I have met some of the newbiest people in the world who have a max cape on their back. Does that make them <laughs> HLC? Fuck no. They know nothing about the high-level community. But... HLC subjective. What just like you just asked me what is HLC? I what, what do you I don't what do you think HLC means? Yeah, exactly. I don't know what determines high level. Um so I I don't know. I just I don't think too much about it. 
mm-hmm. about like specifically who is and who isn't HLC. Okay, Polo Bay asks, how fast were your clicks when you played RS2? Could you beat Bodie at don'ttap.com? <laughs> I actually also want to expand on this. So, uh, yeah, and that's kind of my, a weird question, but yeah, go for it. My clicks have never been that great, which is why I've always sucked at fucking FPS games. I'm, they're not great. The Bodie's, Bodie's clicks are way better than mine are, 100%. Um, who do you think has... Okay, so uh, okay, I, I have to sort of rephrase this because there's a lot of PKs. It, it's weird when I say who's the best player at the game and stuff. Like you have, there's so many different meanings of that because most people yeah. will say like a PKer is the best at the game. So I have to kind of, but like, who do you think's the best PVMer in the game? Um. So whenever people ask this. I have to, I, I usually ask them back, well, what do you consider, like, what do you consider a good PVM? What makes a good PVMer? So a lot of PVMers special, like specialize in, in one area of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, Adwam is just insane at Inferno. He's insanely consistent. His knowledge about Inferno is, is very, very good. Um, but I've never seen him do anything else. Or people who do like specialize in Tob and don't do anything else, uh, but they know they're up to date on all Tob metas. They can do all roles. They can do all scales. Um, I don't. There, there's there's just not many people who we know that they are like actual experts in all different places in the game. So usually what I answer this question comes down to like consistency. And I think consistency plays a big role in like what is the best PVMer because the skill gap is only so high when it comes to RuneScape. Um, so the being consistent, uh, it, it, in my opinion, is kind of the truth to be who, who the best PVMer is. And I think it's exact because I think exact is by a mile the best, the most consistent uh, PVMer at the high level than anyone else. Mm. So you'd still think that even now? Because he doesn't really play much, right? Yeah, I would still think that now. But you still think he claims the title? Yeah, I think he's way better than Wooks. I love Wooks. Wooks is like the godfather of our game, but mm-hmm. the era of like Wooks being the best player in the game is is kind of... Oh, just way, like not, way, it's, way past. It's, way it's dogmatic that. to think anything different. Because yeah. clearly he's done an am- amazing feats in the past. He was the first person to complete the Inferno. I mean... Mm-hmm that alone is just like enough to say like okay like everyone was there to everyone was there day one inferno uh somebody could have claimed the title but no wooks still ended up claiming it and wooks has come up with amazing methods but he's when you're thinking about all-time best you know like the greatest pvmer it it has to come down to consistency it has to come down to like a, a plethora of knowledge and a plethora of like actual skill exact i used to think when he first started, when I first started like seeing his, uh, how good he was, it seemed as though he was just very mechanically gifted, like it was all in his head. But like he could speed run. He got like sub fifty infernos like years ago. Yeah, and it was just yeah. like holy shit. Okay, this guy is he has an arsenal of just everything. Like he he can just be good at everything. And, and then he had a hardcore that was just fucking insane. And the only reason it died is because he just like purposely chanced it. You know. Yeah. No, I I definitely think Exact is the best player, and I think if he had the time to dedicate stuff to like actual like speed running content in the game he would he would be competing with records everywhere whether it's inferno or tob or cox or, mm. or really just anything but um 
I definitely think he like Lake is another person who comes to mind when I think of like really consistent players. Yep. Um, and and Lake, in my opinion, is like definitely easy top five in terms of uh, like PVMers in the game, just solely based off his like consistency. Um, you know Rostaman or Scotty now? Oh yeah. I think he is. I I want to say I think he's the best speed runner in the entire game. He is so well rounded. It is insane. Dude, he is. It, the thing is, is like you see him do the because I watch him like daily, like now when when he does Inferno. I just am always there in a stream because it's just so addicting to watch. Because it's like, how are you so goddamn consistent? Like he's. It's just insane what's going on. He makes it look so fucking easy. <laughs> Like yep. you watch anybody else do the Inferno and then it looks like Inferno is like the biggest headache in the world. You're like, holy shit. But you see him do it. It was the same thing I saw with Adicon. I wish, and I know Adicon started getting back into like the no pillar speeds. I wish he'd go back to normal uh, Inferno speeds because I know he has what it takes to compete. Um, like Jolin, Adwam, you know, Scotty, Adicon. There's probably a lot of others that like don't stream and stuff that I don't know of that are also on that level. But like if you put in the time, the thing is like Scotty puts in the time. Like, he's grinding that shit every fucking day, and he's mm -hmm. just getting better, and he's just super hella consistent, and he's passionate about it, and it's just like, oh my god, it's so addicting. And his CMs are insane, too. Like, it's not just Inferno, either. Like, he's just a yeah. really talented speedrunner that dedicates a lot of time and practice into things, and yeah, I, I gotta give a shout-out to him, because, like, seriously, he's one of, like, the best speedrunners I've ever seen. I have a lot Same. of respect for those people because that takes like that type of content, like doing that takes a lot of brain power. Oh my like, God. You're, yes. you're fucking going to be exhausted after a couple hours of that. And this motherfucker will go and he'll do a six hour session of like actual, just like max effort attempts. <laughs> I know. Like, How is and your brain not much, dude? Every single day too. It's like, dude, yeah. like I could see maybe once in a blue moon doing this for six hours, but holy shit. It's just like, no, <laughs> we're, we're, we keep going. Go like, grab a beer and do agility laps. Let that brain take a rest for a second, brother. <laughs> Holy shit. I know. But I think that's where, like, the... Uh, I don't know. It's just insane. I do agree with you when it comes to, like, tr just everything. Exact is just insane. And he walked into... I remember when Rendy was doing the Fire Cave years ago. Exact just walks in and just basically within a matter of, like, weeks or months just gets the level three with Rendy, you know? Obviously, there was a lot going on. It's not like he just came out and did the level three, but... Just the fact that he was able to enter the the fight caves and just get really freaking proficient at it immediately was just insane. Yeah. So, yeah. That, that's a good take, I think, exact, yeah, is up there. It's hard to say. He was, like, the absolute best. And you probably know of a lot of people, uh, like, in Oblivion or just people that don't stream that are really, really good as well. Because there are just so many players that are amazing oh oh yeah there's a lot of like hidden talent that people just never know about noob types one of them by the way i, I didn't even know who that guy was all of a sudden he's doing like yeah. 575 600 nice, just over over. Yeah. yeah like um I, I i hate this dude so much and i hate to give him a shout out but like ruru uh he's so well-rounded he's very good at the game he's a fucking troll and he's annoying as shit <laughs> and he loves to get on my nerves but that dude's really good um like uh sauna pasca is really good hugo is really good uh, there's i mean there's a lot of people who kind of just fly under the radar who are very very talented i mentioned this in a previous save cast but you know reed or zach badass oh yeah um reed like when you hear the 
name Reed, like years ago, you would think, oh, he's like one of the greatest PVMers, you know, because he can do like bandos and because um, he can bandos flick. Yeah, he can bandos flick. <laughs> that was like literally the requirement. Like you're a great PVMer. Um, it's crazy though because I remember like we were DMing each other, uh, and one of the things he said is like, "Holy shit!" Like you take a break from this game for a couple of years and you come back and you realize you're dog shit. Like you're just yep. bad at the game, and everyone has just evolved like a million times over you because you've just you know not practiced and it's crazy to see because like reed was like holy shit like I, I come back to streaming and like he had done that multiple times where like he streams quits streams but he'd always come back and he'd always had kind of have that like i don't know chip on his shoulder sort of or it's like okay like he's still good he's still good but then it came to a point where he took a huge break and he came back and he's like holy shit like uh, there's so much new content that he just doesn't know anything about and so he ends up kind of going back to this is what i saw this is this isn't his words but i would just see him like reverting back to bandos instead of learning something new instead of mm -hmm. pushing the boundaries it's like now nah, let me just stick with something comfortable that i'm really really good at that used yep. to be a sign of just like total dominance of pvm but that's why the people who are like really good at a lot of different stuff impresses the shit out of me yeah and i i mentioned Ruru. i need to mention one of Ruru's friends who's also up there and probably better than Ruru is his name is don't panic please he is the nicest person i've ever met has zero ego but literally one of the best players in the game he is consistent everywhere and he is very very good he's also finished oblivion diary Whew. very good player what is the what is the so for those that don't know what the oblivion diary is that that was like the og combat achievements that's actually incredibly difficult way harder than cas um so what, what are the hardest tasks on the oblivion diary for, for maybe people that don't know if you i don't know um, what, what, what what would you consider like the hardest i can stuff? pull it up real quick if it loads okay because i feel like a lot of people don't know what the oblivion diary is that really was the og combat achievements and a lot of Oblivion members, when combat achievements were coming out, like initially being pulled, they wanted those wrecks to be as high as Oblivion uh, Diary wrecks, which obviously wasn't going to happen because they needed to appeal to not just like 0.001% of the player base. Yeah. Okay, so to read some of them off. Yeah. Um, so Oblivion Diary is basically just all around the game. And um, there's set times at all the like the high skill gap uh, PVM areas. There's set times that are determined to be like very hard to do. Even if you're tick perfect, like you're going to have to do reps of it. Um, you're going to have to be consistent with it to get it. So, um, for example, in, we we're just talking about Scotty. Scotty would laugh at this one, but the Inferno Oblivion Diary time is uh, sub 47. The CG Oblivion Diary time is sub 515. Um, there's a fight caves one that's sub 2130 top fours is sub 1345 Jesus Christ uh, top duo <laughs> sub 22 uh, there's ones for everyone there's stuff for like normal gauntlet there's stuff for TOA now as well like TOA four man at 400 invocation is sub 21 um, it's just like it's what oblivion wanted to have combat achievements be but they made it themselves because Jagex made the combat achievement times a little bit too easy. Yeah. So Blizzard was like, all right, we're going to make one that's like actually fucking difficult. So right now there's only three people in the clan that have um, all the Oblivion Diaries done. And who is that? Uh, Sauna Pasca, Hugo, 
OSRS who's now streaming a little bit and don't panic, please. Jesus Christ. Yeah, just three of them right now. They're now, very hard. Now that is was that ever something you would consider going for? No. I literally know myself yeah. I would not be able to complete them. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just that's it, what I see. Like, I'm just like, fuck that. I've completed all the top ones. Um, but Tob is this, the thing I'm going to be like, read here. Tob is the thing that I've spent the most time in the stuff that I don't feel the most comfortable about. I don't yeah. want to dedicate a month of learning Inferno to get a sub 47. Um, and they might even lower sub 47 cause they're starting to think that sub 47 is easy. Yeah. Cause so, it was, I was thinking, cause at one point it was like sub 55, obviously there's it, been yeah. gear upgrades, but I was like, Oh shit, it's 47 now. <laughs> like it's yeah. keep dropping. So they, the Oblivion team definitely does a pretty good job at whenever they notice that metas are changing or that new items come in the game, they're always updating the times and making them harder just to like push people. Because there are some people in the clan who they're bored and that, that's like all they work on. They just do reps and reps of stuff to try to hit those like really good times. That's crazy. Okay, Landon asks, who are, uh, I'm actually going to expand on this question. He asks, who are your favorite Twitch chatters? Um, and I'm going to expand on that. So I'm going to ask you for three of your favorite Twitch chatters and then three of your favorite Twitch streamers. Oh God. Three of my favorite Twitch chatters of all time. Yeah. Obviously there will be some left out, but you have, I'm, I'm limiting it to three. So. Okay. Okay. I'm going old school and sorry to my community. Cause they're not really <laughs> my community anymore. I'm going gherkins back when gherkins used to spam Bodie's chat way back in the day <laughs> i wasn't really a chatter back then but i literally i used to like i used to be in that chat i used to lurk and i fucking loved how much of a nuisance gherkins was in that chat gherkins now is the person who runs gear discord he's in oblivion he's a good friend of mine gherkins was my favorite to chatter um sid bizzle who was also a fucking nuisance he was a piece of work for years but he was such a great twitch chatter and um i'll do one for my community there's a person in my community who loves to bait and he always has a snarky ass comment which is very fitting to everything that i do his name is kw um and i'll i'll, I'll give a i'll give a honorable fourth place to uh Nabrowski. um yes. those two people in my chat they are they are chatters to the extreme they always have some smart comment to say. They're, they're always quick with it as well. Yep. Their jokes are always either awful, but awful to the point that you're going to laugh or just like perfectly fitting. Um, I would say them. That's cool. All right. Favorite three Twitch streamers. Who's your go-tos? Um, okay. I have to say Bodhi. It's such a boring answer, but Bodhi was like my first person that I ever watched on mm -hmm. Twitch in the RuneScape section. It's the person that got me into it. I'd feel bad if I didn't say that. Um, second person, Fat Clouds. I fucking fell in love with Fat Clouds streams. Yep. I thought they were so much fun and I loved them. And he just, he didn't care about like being himself and he was always just truly himself. Uh, third person. I'll do something a little bit more recent. Um, I'll give a shout out to uh, to my good friend and also Oblivion Diary Completionist Hugo. Uh, Hugo oh, underscore yeah. OSRS. He uh, just started streaming and uh, his streams have been really entertaining. He streams 
a lot of like high level PVMing. Uh, he was streaming all the old Oblivion Diary times. He has since completed, but he does a lot of like high level streaming, kind of similar to uh, Scotty. I, I watch a lot of Scotty too. Um, but Hugo, I talk to on a more daily basis just because he's he's Oblivion. And uh, we've been in the same clan for a while. So I would probably say those three. Okay. Yeah, those are those are great ones. I fucking miss, dude, I miss Fat Clouds, dude. I know, I wish he'd come back. But I'm happy. He seems to be like super happy with he real is. life right now. So he is, and it makes me like really happy. I'm just like I know. The selfish part of me was like, Fat Clouds, come back. I want your streams. <laughs> but like the non-selfish part of me is like, okay, you stop begging him to come back because he's happy right now. He's yeah, doing good. Exactly. So I'm 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 really happy for the guy. It's been cool. He's he's uh he's been popping in my stream here and there and just you know. It, it's cool that he still is kind of in the scene it would it would suck yeah. if i just didn't see him for like months and months and months but now he pops in every here and there um okay so we're getting closer to the end i'm, I'm reviewing a lot of these topics there here's one from uh one two he asks what future content do you want added uh like is, is there so any, yeah you might not like this answer because you're an Iron Man, but I fucking so my two favorite pieces of content probably ever released is Rise of the Six Rots. It was an RS3 update, um, forced group content for men, genuinely difficult on release. A lot of people couldn't get completions, a lot of teams were wiping. It took Teamwork, it took coordination, it took communication. I miss having that. I feel like everything nowadays, they they give the option to solo it to be nice mm -hmm. and be like, okay, people who don't want to find a team or make friends, like oh, we're going to give you the option to solo it. I miss like genuine forced team content. And even as an Ironman, like you just have to be with other Ironmen um, or or other mains, but like you, you wouldn't be able to solo. Something that is non-soloable. Um, so like that's kind of why... I mean, Tob is soloable, but realistically, it's not. Yeah. Um, realistically, is in like camping it or like seshing it. Um, that's what kind of why I like Tob because it is like force team content. But um, I would say like Rise of the Six, uh, Dungeoneering, and like Virago. All of those things on release or within the first year of release were like some of my favorite things I've ever done in all of RuneScape. Uh, just because of like the team aspect, the the aspect of like. I feel the need, like I have to be on voice chat with like the people who are on my team or we're not going to be able to complete this. Nowadays, I just feel like everything has a solo option or it's made, clients have made it easy enough to where you don't need to feel like you're on voice chat. Yep. So like for TOA, for example, TOA was kind of okay. There was a solo option, but in the beginning of TOA release before plugins were allowed, I was always on voice chat with the team because we were like, especially during like Kefri puzzle, you would always be on voice chat with the team during that or um, like Baba waves or I don't know, just a random stuff. I, I miss the feeling of being with a group of friends, killing a boss, working together or wiping together. So my future content update would be something that is genuine, like forced group content. What do you want hard. from raids for? Do you want that to like, because I agree with you completely, actually. I think the release of TOB was just so exciting. So mm -hmm. well done. 
people were wiping nonstop. People weren't getting completions for the first day. Like that is what I think of as a raid, and that's exciting as hell. So yeah, what what do you want to see from raids for? Do you want the TOB kind of style, or do you like the invocation? I, I swear, I talk to people and they they really love TOA and how that's been. They want that to continue, but I'm just like. I don't know. That just made the raid seem underwhelming in a way. Do you think our community is too soft to where we'll never see an update where there's not a completion within 24 hours? Uh, Do you think it's a matter of us being too smart or the community being too soft and that Jagus isn't going to give us something that hard? I don't know. That's a good question. Okay, so you know how they brought up Blue Inferno a while mm -hmm. a while ago? And I think that, I think they're planning on, who knows, maybe bringing it out one day. Uh yeah. I don't know if they had said it's like unlimited wave based or it does finish. Um, was it the, was it unlimited waves? Was that the idea of it, or or was it just literally like just a harder inferno that does have a finish to it? No, I think it was gonna be a finish. I thought it was like twelve waves or something like that. Like oh, one okay. through four were fight cave, four through eight were inferno, and then eight through twelve were like slightly harder than oh, inferno. Jesus. That's okay. how I thought that would it was. Be, pitched. It would be cool if. Um, for example, okay, it, it depends because they need to please the wider community and the wider community does not want something super difficult. But mm -hmm. if they come out with something that really is like cosmetic based, similar to combat achievements, and they make it super fucking difficult, something like Inferno release, except not a cape that's just best in slot for everybody. Um, maybe like, I don't know what they could bring out. Who knows? Maybe it needs to be best in slot. I don't know. But I think Blue Inferno or whatever could be the place where they make something so difficult. But I, I do, do agree with you that it should be team-based because I think team-based stuff just inherently is more difficult. because like you, can, you can add on way more that can make it super difficult where you need true precision and coordination. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. Like, I don't... It'd be cool if, if we had a boss where there was genuinely, like... First of all, you can't alt it. Okay. I, I, I do like altscape, but I would love to see raids four be something that's not altable. Mm. But have like a dedicated role. Like we don't really have anything in RuneScape that's like raids content where like you are the dedicated tank. You need to bring an Ellie and you need to bring a, like a melee weapon, or you're just gonna get fucking shredded. Like in Virago, that's why I really liked Virago because there's a base tank, there's a bomb tank, and there's the DPSs. And there's nothing around that. Like you have to have a base tank and you have to have a bomb tank. And in, they had different gear. They had specific dedicated roles, people who specialized in those roles. And that's, I feel like, what made it so much fun. And for that, there is no like plus one TOA DPS role or plus one D TOA, like you need to be the bomb tank. Like, it's just plus one TOA because like everyone just does the fucking same shit. Um, I miss it's like Tob kind of has that, which is why I like it. Like Tob has dedicated roles for for Maiden Room and for Nilo Room, but that's kind of about it. So I want to see content that is force group content that has like dedicated roles where people can like specialize in. Yeah, I would love that more than fucking anything. That would be really fun. That would just be so unique, too, to RuneScape. We just don't have that in old school. We don't. And it's an MMO. Like, we're playing a massive multiplayer online game. Like, I want to feel like I'm playing a multiplayer game, interacting with other players. Like, yep. I, I don't know. I, I feel like we've kind of lost that feeling a little bit. Um, and, and I hope it comes back at some point.
Yeah, that's true. Plus, it's like hella. I don't know. There's. I miss Inferno release, man. Just hopping between too. streams and just realizing nobody's getting this. Nobody's completing this shit. Like it's just so difficult. Like that. I just want that. That hype is so real, and we haven't had it really in, since Tob, which was 2018. Yeah, we used to think Five Inferno years. was so hard, dude. I remember like everyone used to feel like, oh, "There's no way I'm ever getting an Inferno cave. This shit is impossible." <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, "Fuck this place. I'm not. I'm never stepping foot in there." Like. Do, it's impossible. Yeah, do you remember? When, do you remember when you'd see someone with an inferno cape on, and you'd be like, "Holy shit! Like that person's oh, fucking you are the worshiping game. them. You're drooling yeah. over them." I'm, I miss that feel. There's nothing in the game that's really like that right now. I know. Zook helmet had that for a tiny bit, very <laughs> tiny bit, so? because it it was just like a matter of time. Like people are just yeah. gonna get it, so it wasn't just like yeah, I don't know. But Jenny getting that Zook helmet for the first time, like the first person to get it. Mm -hmm. That was like, holy fuck! Like you're a beast. We we knew it was gonna be accomplished, obviously, but yeah, yeah. With the Inferno Cape, it was like, it's just one thing you need to do with CAs. It's like oh, you have to do a 400 tasks. Um, but yeah, I I do I agree with you that we need more really really challenging stuff to come into the game, and it can't be invocation based. It can't be uh -huh. like. I agree. I hate, I hate, dude, when people use that as like their like argument back is TOA, like people say TOA is not hard. People just make the invocations higher. Like that's just such a lame way of making it more difficult. I don't, yep. I've never been a fan of that like response. I like know. does turning upset stomach on actually make the raid more difficult? Like, just makes it annoying. Really? It just makes it annoying. Yeah. yeah. Sure, like it increases the fact that you wipe one out of 20 times, but mm. like it's not, I don't know. And, and there's something, part of the appeal of TOB release, at least as a spectator watching it, was like, you don't know what the next room's going to be. But if TOB had invocation system where you just go in at a zero, you know everything that's going to happen instantaneously. And then you just go in and just raise the invocations until you do it. But when there is just one set difficulty and it's really hard... That is where the true fun and, like, the magic comes from. It's like, oh, shit, I don't know what's about to happen now. Same thing with Inferno. Like, there was no easy Inferno to get your feet wet and, like, oh, okay. Like, no, it's like, this is the whole thing right now. You're in it. Oh, triple jazz? Oh, shit. Like, we didn't know what, like, we're just freaking out over triple jazz. And then there's something beyond that, you know? A jad spawns during Zuck. You're just like, oh, my God. I know. That was the, the first fun part of it. Chads, everyone freaked out. Three at once? <laughs> no way, dude. Oh, dude, that was, oh, that's what so we much. need, man. We do. It's gotten so dry, and I I hate to like shift blame, but I don't know what it is. It could be the higher-ups telling the, the devs, saying that this isn't profitable enough, stop making stuff like this. It could be the community saying... Stop making stuff like this, JMods. It's it's only for the quote unquote elite, and you yeah. should be catering updates towards like more average. I don't know what it is. It's, it's the first one. I, I it, it's it. just the money because they they even mentioned like Tob was just almost got like no players. They did involved, bro. Initially. When they said on the Q and A, when they said Tob like was considered a failed update from the higher ups and Jagex wow. people that we don't know, not like not the jmods like higher up like actual board members or i don't know who the what the fuck you're supposed to call them mm -hmm. but 
when they said that TLB was considered a failed update with how much resources put into it, like that's depressing to hear. That I is. think TLB is one of the best updates OSRS has gotten. Yeah, it really was. I wonder what they think about in the, the Inferno then. Is that a failed? Oh, well, I guess Inferno probably didn't take as much dev time. TOB was a massive update. That's probably why they considered it a fail. Because just yeah. how many resources and time they had to put into it just for very few players relatively to participate in it. Mm -hmm. um, okay, the last question I want to ask from him is, are there any bosses, items, weapons, armor from pre-EOC that you want to see come into old school? Oh, God. Um, items. No, not really. Well, I mean, there's a lot of like weapons in RS3 that I loved. Like back when I was playing RS3 a ton, like Seismic Wand and Seismic Orb was the best DPS. And then it kind of moved to like range scape and like Ascension bows were best DPS. And I, I, those weapons are really fun to use, but I don't, I wouldn't say I want to see them in old school. Um, I don't really think it has a place in here. Bosses love Dungeoneering. I'd be okay if they gave us Dungeoneering and then they just said no rewards, nothing. If you want to play the minigame, play it. I, I Dungeoneering, in my opinion, top three updates the game has ever came out with. Um, but yeah, and bosses, I mean, I, this is kind of like what I was talking about with what I wanted to see next. Something something like Virago, not necessarily Virago, but something that has specific, unique roles that people fill, that people can specialize in, and something that is a genuine force group content and difficult. I mean, the first Virago was completion wasn't until... I can't remember. The first Virago completion wasn't until like multiple days after because there was actually a bug that was found like 24 hours after when they got to the, the final phase of Virago, like everyone, it it auto wiped everyone on accident. <laughs> oh there was like an, dude, there's an insta-kill bug on Virago really. This is like going way back in my memory. I, cause this is, I don't even remember when Virago release was, it got, it has to be close to like 2012, 2010, but this, we're talking a long time ago now. Um, there, there was a insta wipe bug that wasn't even found out until over 24 hours after the, after the release, oh, but Rago didn't get completed. Rago didn't com get completed for a while. I mean, that, that was the hardest shit at the time. And that boss was so big. It still is big, but, um, that, that was the biggest boss I think we've ever had. I think that's bigger than any old school boss too. Mm. Even yeah, bigger no, than, uh, Zebak. Isn't Zebak like a nine by nine or some shit? I'm not sure. Frog was massive. It, it yeah, probably is bigger than Zabak. Okay. Wow. Holy. Um, do you recommend, by the way, players play RS3 nowadays? I, I, I've always been team. Do you remember when the old school RuneScape section was like super anti RS3? Like anytime RS3 would get brought up, people would be like Dan's game, like just spamming it. Yep. Until Sickner I actually got banned. Oh, sorry, I have to interrupt this right now. Hey. I actually got banned in the RuneScape Twitch stream because I said RS3 Dan's game permanently banned. <laughs> I literally oh permanently banned because I just did it as a joke. Just Dude, instant, was, just one ticked. I'm like, okay. Yeah, shit. it was just how everyone did it. Like everyone <laughs> used to say it in the community. We just, RS3 had such a bad stigma when Old School first came out because it, it, we, it was the return of the, the, the golden days, the return of the good game and everyone just shit on RS3 until Sick Nerd started playing and then people slowly started opening up to RS3. I still to this day think R3 is a great game. I think I enjoy old school more. If 
people like feel the itch to play it. I mean, you are not missing out. RS3 is a great game. There is a lot of pay to win, of mm-hmm. course. But if you can look around that, um, th- there's a ton of content in RS3. And I've heard great things about the quests as well. The quests have a lot of like really good voiceovers. Um, a lot of like, uh, like you definitely want to play with like voices on because like the script will actually get read out to you instead of you having to read a chat log. Yeah, the lore is like way there. I, I, I have to say as well, I don't think that was actually my permanent ban because my permanent ban, as I recall, was actually a joke about, I think I think I was spamming, it was that a dead man mode and I was spamming something about like Emily, like some some stupid Emily joke and I got banned for it. But I did say RS, oh, you know what, I want like a... Maybe I shouldn't ask for this, but I, I'm genuinely curious what my chat logs are. <laughs> I didn't understand mod and check the chat logs. In the original just RuneScape Twitch stream, because I swear I was the biggest troll. This is before I ever streamed or anything. I was just a Twitch chatter, just total troll. And uh but I did I think I got like a timeout for typing RS3 Dan's game, just spamming it for no fucking reason like a child. But yeah. I, I I sort of empathize with some of the like rowdy Twitch viewers. Not not so much anymore because I've just moved past that. But when I first started streaming, I'd, I'd give people slack when they're trolling because I'm like, yeah, I did the same thing. Um. Anyway, yeah, that would be cool to see some huge updates that are legitimately hard and um. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, looks like we've covered most of this. So. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll kind of wrap things up. Uh, it's been over four hours. Isn't that crazy? Is it actually? <laughs> yeah, it's been Holy over crap. Four hours. Oh my God, it has. Yeah. It's nuts how fast these go, really, because it truly feels like it's been maybe two. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Coxie. So generally, I ask for some shout outs, although I think we already got a few shout outs. So I'm going to skip that portion. But I want to ask kind of what your goals and plans are for the rest of this year and into 2024. Do you. Do you, uh, well, I'm assuming we already kind of know because of the the pet speedrun account, but um, do you have anything else to yeah. add that you're kind of looking forward to in the future with content creation? No, I'm, I'm, I'm personally really excited to get the YouTube side of it kicked off. YouTube is new to me, so I feel like it'll spark something in me that's nice and refreshing. And um, I think the YouTube videos are going to be really good. They have gotten put off a little bit. It's a little bit later start than we expected, but... Mm-hmm. Um, obviously all the recordings are still there. It's not like the series is going anywhere. Um, so I'm really excited for those to get rolling out and, um, to experience that side of it, but no end game. I just want to keep pushing. I'm trying to focus on balance in my life. I'm like really trying to not play much more than like eight to 10 hours a day, which yep. some people listening to this are going to be like, what the fuck did you just say? Eight to 10 hours. <laughs> But like you think of it as a like you go to work yeah. for eight hours a day, and I mean it's it's kind of similar. Yeah. So I'm trying to limit myself this year to like eight to ten hours a day, and actually having like four to six hours to do, you know, like real life shit, like go gym, do I don't know, go on hikes, drive around, explore places, read books, yep. just stuff to take my mind off of it, so that when I when I do wake up and stream, I feel refreshed and actually like excited to play the game absolutely that's the way to do it and yeah yeah you're you're 26 you said yeah yeah so that that's like the age that, that's when i started realizing i'm like i need to get some fucking balance together <laughs> like now. i know i'm turning 28 in june so getting old 
Yeah, it was like just recently as well. Like I finally had like a shift in mindset. It was like right around New Year's. I was like, you know what? And like I'm getting old, bro. I'm I'm off my like I'm I have off health insurance now. Yep. I gotta like figure that stuff out on my yep. own. <laughs> I I it is time to start balancing my life a little bit more and stop pretending like I'm nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah. I'm really excited for this year. And the content, like content wise on Twitch is also just gonna be really fun for me because um pet hunting is just enjoyable. You get to go around all of, all throughout the game, yeah. do every single boss, and uh it's it's like you get to experience everything all over again. And with new metas, I'm super excited for it. It's been really fun uh watching your stream recently. It just seems refreshing. It seems I mean, even your backdrop, I mean, just like the new room you're in, it just, it's like fresh coxie. I don't know. It's like just something yeah. about the whole environment just like different and it, it feels cool. Thank you. So, I like it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, guys down in the description, be sure to follow coxie on his Twitch, Twitter, YouTube. Is there anything else you'd like linked? No, that is about it. Okay, guys, go down there, drop a, a follow and a sub on, on his new YouTube. It's going to be a phenomenal series, I can already tell, so just trust me on it. Um, so go drop a sub down there before all, all the videos and the series gets underway officially. But um, yeah, Coxie, thank you very much once again for coming on. This is a huge pleasure for me, seriously. Yeah, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. It was fun. I don't know how it's been four hours. I feel like it's been an hour max. <laughs> I know. Time I'm still flies. sat here thinking about space, bro. I'm ready to talk more <laughs> about space. No, no, I'm oh, kidding. Man. I'm kidding. But um, I, I could. Yeah. Okay, so guys, next week we will be having Katarina on the Save Cast. She is an old school RuneScape streamer. And then the following week, I'm just going to announce it right now for those that have stuck around this far, we're getting Abyss on the cast the week following. So uh, two uh, great creators that I'm very excited to talk about. And uh, yeah, anyway, look forward to those. And if you'd like to support the cast, down in the description there's a little Patreon link. And other than that, Coxie, do you have any last words? No, just thank you. Thank you for making this easy and uh, enjoyable. I appreciate it. Hell yeah. It was definitely my pleasure. All right, guys. Keep uh, in touch down below with the links. Follow, follow me down there as well and follow Coxie. And we'll catch you in the next Save Cast. Peace out. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.